Hey everybody, welcome to Street Fight Radio. Glad you're here. Sunday night, time for a street fight. All right, we do it every single week. Take your calls. We are going on a break soon. We'll talk about that uh, in a minute. But tonight, the phone lines are lit up. We've already got a full queue of people ready to answer your questions, listen to your stories, and uh, find out what's going on in the Street Fight universe. Thank you for being here. As always, my name is Brett Payne. My co-host is Brian Quinby. You can find us on iTunes, iTunes, podcasting apps, all of that stuff. Not Spotify. I could probably fill out the information for Spotify. Yeah, I think we get on there now. I'm almost five. There's some shows on there now where I'm like, come on. Yeah. You know? they let some, they'll let any bogus show on these We're days. We're large. We're larger than a lot of... The Fartcast is on there. You can watch Street Fight Radio on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. Just find us on social media. We're at Street Fight WCRS on every single channel except for YouTube. Or I'm sorry, except for Twitch, where we're Street Fight Radio. Didn't mean to mess that up. Uh, we do have a live show happening this Friday in Columbus, Ohio. Come out to see us, the Short North Stage down in the Short North, right there on Fifth and High. We're doing a live show this Friday night. The doors are at seven. The show will be at eight. It's going to be amazing. We're going to hang out afterwards. It's going to be a fucking party. You don't want to miss it. Please come hang out. Yeah, the boys on vacation. This is going to be a new kind of Brett and Brian that nobody's seen for eight years. We will walk off that stage and we are off for three weeks. Three fucking, that's like a radio guy vacation. We haven't really, we've been recording every single week. You know, for eight years now, we are going to take a break from recording. Of course, we'll be on social media. Of course, I'll be answering your emails. But And you're going to get bonus shows. You're even going to get regular shows on your podcast feed. The live streams will not be here, but you'll still, you're not going to miss out on any content as long as you're subscribed to the podcast. You're going to get content you've been asking for for like roughly a year constantly yeah we did a show with uh, me and brian and gwen together very good it was was fun as hell because it's like uh brett doesn't get teen time very often he don't brett don't get teen time i really don't get to so he got teen time so he brett lit up like a uh like the sun that day was really interested i get teen time too much almost now you know yeah i'm just teening around all summer me and the teens right just doing, going seeing Chucky. We go see movies. We uh, go walk around town. We uh, go to Lexington, Kentucky to bars. Yeah, she loved that, by the way. She's loving going to the shows now. It was weird to be in a bar, and I was like, after the show, like, wired, drunk. And uh, Gwen is there, and I'm, like, talking to her at the bar, and like, what the fuck is going on she right mind. now? She she's a cool. I kid think with she's the into it. She's, I think she's in, she had like a devilish grin the whole time. Like I think just because I I was obliterated, you know. Right. She likes that. She also uh, got to hang out with Nick and Naomi from Means TV, and she she like she's always like Nick. She had never met Naomi and loved her, and uh, she just likes hanging out with the big cats. I think is that's what I'm calling myself now. Couple of big cats. Couple a bunch of big- predators. Big dogs. My wife got to meet the Trillbillies. She has been talking on the phone to Tom a lot, so that was nice. And yeah, we didn't even talk about the Lexington show last on Wednesday. Was it? Yeah, we we don't do like a lot of like recapping shows. Y'all heard the show after the show. You know, I was ready to leave by one. We left at one fifteen and uh, got home. We did I, good. 
Somebody on the uh, uh, on the Street Fighters Facebook. I have a real important question. Don't let me forget before we get to this. Uh, somebody on the Street Fighters group was like, they should do an insomniac like with Dave Attell, but with Brian, where he hangs out with leftists after the show. And I was like, well, they might have to do that with Brett because I tend to sneak away and go to the hotel room. I mean, like if you want to watch what I do after the show, it's lay in a bed and watch food TV shows. Yeah, forged in fire. <laughs> <laughs> I last about an hour to, or two. Yeah. But when it's time to go to a different place, I'm not a different place. I only go to one place. Right. You one don't, place and that's it. You don't go to the next bar. Never. No, not even. You don't go to the after party. You got to go to the after party. That's it's not me, man. wild, dude. Even after like when I was 18 and I would go out to the club, right? You never went back to somebody's fucking ha- dirty, never dirty went house? straight ass home, man. Oh, you're missing out, Even man. when I was trying to get girls. I like just was like. Well, the bar's closed. Time to go home. And then I would go home. Yeah. When Maybe we, that's why I wasn't very successful with women that first like few years in my adulthood. Yeah. When uh, we did the Phoenix show, I ended up afterwards in Tempe, Arizona at a Coke house that had no alcohol. So it was just <laughs> all people being real weird on cocaine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't do that stuff. I can't find myself in that position. I talked about this with Brace the other day, but it's like, you know, it would be weird for me to at 40 years old start being like after party guy i think so yeah. i just am resigned to dadhood in a hawaiian shirt yeah yeah put a lampshade on your head yes the replacements man i had a real i had a real thought today because i was doing laundry before mm-hmm. we came here mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i wanted to ask you a question maybe the listeners can answer this question i don't know how long are you supposed to keep socks how long are you supposed to keep socks? <laughs> yeah. I've had some socks. I was putting my socks away. I've had some of these socks for 10 years. I have 10-year-old socks. If they don't bother me, I keep them. Okay. Okay. I'll just check it. Because I know I like putting on new socks. But, like, I fucking, you know, I have to buy them sometimes because I have long toenails because I'm a freak. Yeah. I don't cut them enough. I know that. I don't cut them enough. It's t- stupid because I'm always in shoes. They're hidden. Yeah, I don't have to think. I don't think about them. I fucking probably didn't cut my toenails from the third grade to the 11th grade. I probably didn't cut them. I was probably like one of those guys in the Guinness Book of World Records from like India or something. Curly? Curly yeah, nails? just them long nails. I just had long fucking nails. I never think about nails, ever. Okay. Um. So I do rip holes in some of my socks. But you're the gonna, socks that I don't, I was like putting socks away from my wife. And I'm like, I remember when we bought those. That was 10 years ago. Yeah. I remember when I bought this sock, especially I'm like holding up a sock in my hand. And I'm like, this thing is from when we moved into this apartment 12 I mean, years ago. You got to get rid of them at some point. I mean, once they, once they bother you, I feel like you okay. get rid of them. I usually wear through mine in time. Mine are brown. They're yeah. Us- don't do that. Usually white. But they're not dirty. They no, get washed. Yeah, but they don't have sweat on them. But they're brown because they've been right. around for they've a while. Been around the block. Yeah, they've soaked up a lot of fluid. <laughs> they've they've, <laughs> they've been hanging around. I mean, people already make fun of my socks. I was just always wondering about. Yeah, that. I have the same thing. Underwear is the other one too, where I just like if it doesn't get holes in it, I'm like, is it okay to have it for ten years? I know that's the thing because you look at shit. I don't have any shirts that are 10 years old. Right. I don't have any pants that are 10 years old. Nothing is, none of my shirts or pants are 10 years old. My shirts, the oldest shirt I have is probably two years old and okay. I wear it to bed. Got it. Which I got yelled at too. Cause I, they say I wear two outfits every day at your house. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, that's another outfit. Well, I wake up. Yeah. I put on clothes. And then when I'm about to go to bed, I take a shower. I put on a shirt, a pair of shorts, a pair of underwear, and a pair of socks. Uh huh. And they're like, man, you make a lot of fucking laundry. And I'm like, I'm wearing like a normal person's amount of clothes. Yeah. You know? Sure. Back in the Leave it to Beaver days, the dads wore even more clothes to bed. I just, I wear a shirt and a pair of shorts. You know? Yeah. So... I'm, I, I just, I'm, I'm just, grief I'm an only underwear guy. So it's gross. It's gross. And it's comfortable. It's, it's like being in nature. I told, I didn't say this on the air cause I was so embarrassed about it at the time. Cause I didn't know uh, I have a rat. I had a rash, uh-huh. right? Like on my leg. Heat rash, right? Yeah. Well, well, that's the thing. I thought it was a filth rash. Ah, <laughs> I don't know any rashes. I know that there are rashes from laundry detergent and la- rashes from filth. And I had this heat rash on my leg and I was still unsure if it was fungus or something. So I wasn't talking about it on Wednesday, but uh, we figured it out right before we came to record the podcast or right after that it was a heat rash. So I I was like, how do I, how do I fucking cure this thing? My wife's like, well, (laughs) you're not going to like it. And I said, what? She was like, it says to put aloe on and sit naked in an air conditioned room. And I said, oh, I don't think I can do that. Not going to happen. <laughs> I think I'm going to die from this rash. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you went the op. You just gave into your mortality. Yeah. But then by the end of the night, you so were naked, covered in aloe vera. I closed the door to my room. Locked I turned it. the lights all the way. All, oh no God. lights oh on. And then I got naked and I put some aloe on and I made it 14 minutes. I looked at my clock and was like, well, I was naked for 14. That's the longest I've been naked in probably 15 years. So wow. You don't get naked when you... I, ooh, never. When you what? Well, bump uglies. No. What, do you keep something on? Yeah. What? Like... Shirts? Sometimes my shirt, sometimes... Oh, no, you got to have skin to skin, man. Sometimes I keep my pants just like kind of around my ankles. No, you don't. Don't <laughs> like do one that. One leg of them. Stop it. One leg of them. That's bad So form. that I can that's just really... put them back on when I'm done. I like kind of roll them over and pull them back up. Yeah, that sounds like you're pissing. But I don't want to be naked, dude. <laughs> Nobody wants to see me naked. There is not a single person. The person, the person that's copulating with you. <laughs> not even her. I don't think. Okay. I don't think it's her preference. I don't think it's anybody. Maybe she wants some titty play too. Maybe she wants to play with some titties. Oh, well, see, nobody sees. I don't want her to see my titties. I'm oh, trying to hide my oh, titties from everybody. Oh, it's sensual. That's why I wear those long shirts. Okay. Wear them big shirts. Yeah, I wear three. So I keep my belly so big so it goes out past. Right. And then it it's looks small like it's in just comparison. a fat belly guy. Right. You know what I'm saying? But right. yeah, that's what's going on with me. Okay. I leave my clothes. I, but I that's did bad do for him. I gotta say, that's minutes. a foul. I would give you a foul. Sometimes I hold him in my hand. Oh, no. Sometimes no. I take him all the way off and then like Stop hold it. him in my no. hand off the side. You don't of- want to say this. You don't want this recorded. I'm just. You don't want people to see you admitting to this. I can't help it. That's it. I can't. I don't want to be naked, dude. Okay. I never did. Okay. Not I didn't mean to I talk was, about this. Not even when You're I making was me uncomfortable. Thin. When I was thin, I was never just, I just. I, I ain't. Okay. I I'm doing like, I'm naked doing like ding dong helicopter. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> I hate even the thought of that. I hate thinking about nakedness. It's just filth. Oh, it's natural. It's how we were all born, you know? The clothes are all just Madison Avenue fucking brainwashing, man. <laughs> I think you should be allowed. I don't think sure. I don't want to make it illegal or of anything. Course. I like I always 
I used to look. I'm a regular guy, dude. I used to watch Real you're, Sex. And you might like, as well be Brian Belushi. Yeah, I I watched Real Sex a lot when I was younger, and I'd be like, oh man, you know those people go hang out. Those ugly people go hang out at those nudist colonies. And uh, I mean, I could do that. I would love to do that. I can't, but I love their bravery. Yeah, in the line of duty or whatever you know yeah when i saw real sex i saw those people get like vacuumed up inside a latex with like a straw in their mouth and I'm like it can is that available nearby is there like is there like a quick way to get into that like that show man how deep do you have to get in to do that that show was like it such seems a, like an expensive I, setup to put I, me on like a rotisserie people talk about how porno like messes young people up now like because yeah. they see it but like when we were younger it was real sex and it like, did it was scary i mean that it was show like, like really fucking like you're just guys like fucking banging their dicks with hammers on that show yeah and you're just like what what like what am i like is this what it's gonna be when i get old right is this what i have to look forward with to my life yeah <laughs> i'm old and bored and i'm hammering my dick into a piece of wood i don't want to do that <laughs> currently i would just like to smooch a lady yeah i mean i think we missed the point we thought it was going to be a horny show when it was more just about you know the ways that people express themselves Who did you think they were making that show for though that was specifically for teenagers i don't think it was i don't know dude I don't know. Because I don't know any adults that watched it. Like, there was other regular pornography that was better for teenagers than watching, like, people ride each other as ponies and shit. Right. When you were a kid. Because you were five years after me. The internet wasn't popping when I was, like, watching it. I'm talking about scramblers. I'm talking about, like, somebody's dad who has the box that unlocks all the channels. Yeah, all that stuff. I watched so much free wrestling on those D-scramblers. You have no idea. That's how I saw all the pay-per-views. All right. Let's um, get out of the porno history segment of the show. And uh, I wanted to share some of the mail that we got. Is that okay? Yeah. I mean, I know now this horrible thing has happened. Really? Let me just say... Uh, people have yet. now realized, oh, we're not on the part yet. Well, we haven't gotten to the, this part. Okay. We won't go to that part yet, but when uh, we get to that part, I want to explain disclaimer. why this is not great. Disclaimer. So I don't know who sent this, to be honest. It was just sent directly from the manufacturer, but we got the history of, uh, historic LSD blotters. I'm sorry. No so McDonald's though, which was the first one I didn't one see I did. McDonald's in here. There is a lot of good ones. There's like some mandalas. Uh, there's some stars. Camels are cool. Uh, we got some filigree, some lions, Man, UFOs, why I only did, yin yangs. I only did white and McDonald's. Those are the only two kinds I had, right? They got tornadoes. Cubert, maybe tornadoes. That was it. I didn't have any good I had, stuff. We called it the Texas tornado. Uh, I had Max Headrooms. Oh, lucky. We had Pokemons and Teletubbies. None of that stuff, man. We were rednecks, I guess. They just gave you the... Mine was just a guy, like, getting liquid acid and just printing off, like, paper from his computer. Good. I'm pretty Smart. sure is what he was doing. I think doing. you gotta buy a special paper, though. You that do. You should. Stock. But he was doing... I'm pretty sure that's what his thing was. Um, so if you want to send us mail, it's P.O. Box 82306, Columbus, Ohio, 43202. One more time, that's uh, P.O. Box 82306, Columbus, Ohio, 43202. We also got all the way uh, from St. Louis, the What a Hell of a Way to Die podcast sent us their zine. They got a zine now. There's some competition in the zine game. And Brian, they sent us some uh, official military patches. Nice. Says uh, no step on snack. Snack. I read that as snack every time, and I know I'm supposed to say snake, but I say snack. 
Um, if you order from the Street Fight store, it'll probably be thrown in with one of those orders. Okay. <laughs> That's normally okay. what I do with stuff We've like got a this. Few snacks. The last, I'm sorry, the second to last one, the Church of the Sub Genius. I was able to meet up with one of their Twitter people. You're it, the best. Man. It was crazy. It You're was a nice like. Guy. 20 years in the making, I remember finding out about the Church of the Subgenius when I was younger and thought it was the coolest thing in the world, but I missed the boat because it was like 2004 and, you know, Frank Zappa was already dead. Yeah. Mark Mothersbaugh was doing Rugrats movies, Yeah, right? You With know, it. it was over. The dream was over. But I used to download, I used to go on the internet to like, and download all of these videos that the Church of Subgenius would put out, like all of the festivals and the shit they recorded. So someone sent us the Three-Fisted Tales of Bob uh, short stories in the subgenius mythos, which I am very excited to read. You can follow him on Twitter at the Church of the Subgenius. Now, this final one here is what Brian is going to give you a disclaimer about. So, for some reason, for the past three weeks, people have discovered that I will not pass up eating something on the air. Now, in real life, I don't eat anything. I don't want to eat. But uh, for some reason, when I'm doing this podcast, I feel the need to eat food and now people are sending us food every week disgusting stuff i mean really come ah, on come the on tomato candy and the double salt licorice were vile right and the energy drinks not yeah the energy good. drink i was the old glory energy drink so now i have this tamarind candy which all i know about tamarind is i think it's a vegetable <laughs> okay it's hard so to make candy out from nairi uh pelon pelo rico the tamarindo original it's like a paste um, Brian, I, okay. So I have had tamarind. It's like a big pod. I think it's a legume. It's like a peanut, but inside is this paste. It's kind of raisiny. I would say ah, it's geez. kind of like cherry, but okay, they usually good. load it down the top. The, the first three ingredients on this are sugar, water, and corn syrup. So I think you'll be fine. And then it also has chili powder, which when I used to go, I used to go to the flea market in Dallas, I would get tamarind and mango with the chili powder on it. So this is a squeezy paste. So you just push it out like it's hair. Like it's hair. Uh, sorry. My daughter has the minions Play-Doh set and you push it out. Like you push the hair out. Like I'm going to lick this right now and I'm going to try to have She it. has the trolls one too. I'm going to try to like it. How's mm. it? It's good. It's like a fruit roll. It's like a. It's, it's like a fruit roll powder in it, though, right? Right. That's not fruit roll up. Take a bite. It's sweet. Oh, God damn it! It's like a yeah. It's good. I love it. Tastes like tastes like raisins with taco seasoning. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, we're gonna lose out on that Mexican listenership, man. Ah, uh. it's good. I love it. The spice is nice. I didn't notice it until the end when, like, there's just a little tingle. I'm going to drink this Kratom to get that taste out of my mouth. I'm finishing this one off. You're going to mind. Look at that hair grow. I did not like that. For listeners out there, I didn't like it. Um, <laughs> I only like, like, I'm, I'm just, like, such a basic dude, you know? You like the laboratory-made flavors that you grew yeah. up with. Yeah, great. Right. And oh, great. No taco seasoning in my candies. Stop sending me candies with taco seasoning in them. That's good. Ooh. I'll take a case. I'll, I'll give Brett can have my case, too. All right. So that is the snack attack portion of the show. Before we get the calls in here, I want to remind you that we are taking pre-orders until July 1st for the guys and gals and non-binary pals t-shirt. 
Those are being made on super soft, 100% ring-spun American-made cotton printed with union labor, and 10% of the proceeds are going to be going to Mosaic, uh, the LGBTQ youth center here in Columbus, Ohio. So all around good things. If you want the, the shirt, you can get it for $0, $14, or $28, depending on what your price level is. Um, if you just don't have the money for it right now and you, you're a listener, for you're a listener uh, just message us on any of the platforms and let us know you want to take advantage of that. We've had a lot of people step up and pay for the Comrade shirt. Um, that's putting money towards somebody else that you know can't afford a $28 shirt, which I totally understand. Um, you can get that at store.streetfightradio.com. That's where you can find the pre-order link. That's the best way to get one. I'm going to order extra. I don't know if it's going to be every single size, so I recommend trying to get the pre-order in so that way you know you're going to get one. The price might have to go up too um, if we end up losing money on this because sometimes that happens. But uh, get in there now, store.streetfightradio.com. Yeah, get in the Street Fight Radio store and buy some shit. I need a good vacation. Right. We can get some new microphones or something, or we can buy a desk. We can probably use some of the money to upgrade the studio in some way. Yeah, maybe have it not smell bad. That would be cool. We could get some uh, <laughs> cleaning crew to come air here. fresheners or something. <laughs> get rid of some of the mildew. Get a giant piece of wheat bread to soak up all the moisture. Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. All see right. who's on the phone? Let's get in these phones, man. We want to talk to us. Thank you for calling Street Fighter. Hey, Who are you talking to? Me? You're here. Hey, what's going on? Hey, what's going on, y'all? It's uh, Terry in Atlanta, Georgia. Are you a real Terry, or are you uh, being Terry? Just guessing. Just wondering. I'm being Terry. Okay, good, good. Okay. I can hear the yeah, cop yeah. talking Although, to the caller. My, my, um, what's it called? My father-in-law is a real Terry, and he is a sculptor, but in the 60s, he traveled from like Beirut to India and then Sri Lanka studying mask making and puppetry and tried to spread the word of socialism being a puppeteer. Okay. Okay. That is very cool. Love it. Socialism was real weird yeah. before like about five years ago where they would be just like, uh, <laughs> Hey, you know, check out these cool paper mache puppets we make join socialism <laughs> well, we're yeah. doing the same thing <laughs> yeah. but no we're doing trying yeah. to do something cool <laughs> well puppets yeah. are cool yeah um, yeah i don't know how didactic it got but his pup his figures are fucking horrifying and awesome yeah he, he made a puppet for a music video for me which i'm pretty psyched on that's so. cool that's cool puppets uh, kick ass well what's going on tonight terry well i um wanted to talk about Street fight doctors, um, not in like the way, like not in the way that they like give themselves a little, you know, anesthetic before they do an operation kind of street fight doctors. I mean, like comrade get their butts whipped at work and, you know, work crazy hours sort of doctors. All right. I thought you were about... talking about ones that would write me uh, scripts for painkillers, but exactly. you're talking about yeah. like a different yeah, yeah. kind of street fight. <laughs> I, I thought... mean, a sincere, yeah, I mean, in a much cornier sort of sincere way, like they're like in the struggle. But I do totally um, respect also the sketchy kind of doctor. Yeah. Well, oh, I, my back hurts. Yeah. Jesus. Oh, God. My uh, street fight doctor yeah. has <laughs> bare feet and a great recipe for rose hip tea. <laughs> Ugh. 
Yeah. yeah. Brett only goes to Christian doctors now. <laughs> so, uh, do you, I mean, like, so we're talking, cause like I did one time years ago, I went to this doctor because I didn't have insurance and mm-hmm. it, I don't know if he's still like working in, in Columbus, but he was just mm-hmm. like, look, you give me $15 and I'll give you what I got. And you would just go in there, and I told him I was having panic attacks, and he was like, you know, you should be on Zoloft. Take all of these. Yeah. He, he handed me a big handful of samples and said, take all these, and if they work, come back, and I'll write you a prescription. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah. this is, they, it didn't end up working, and, and uh, it ended up like mm-hmm. arresting my kind of mental health for three or four years, but... If that happened now, I probably would have given it more time, uh-huh. more thought, and like mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. followed up. But like that was always mm-hmm. cool. The doctors that do, there are a lot of doctors out there that are just like they're trying to help. They might not be the best mm-hmm. doctors, but they're mm-hmm. like, I, I know that I, it was just this doctor that a bunch of people told me about. He was in in kind of a neighborhood that was a uh, more working class, underclass sort of thing. And uh, he was just, he was trying to help people. I just don't know if he was the best doctor, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's really interesting that you went there. I mean, I, I personally have never experienced doctors quite like, you know, so on the level like that. Um, I was, you know, personally, my experience, I was more thinking my wife, she's a resident. And all right, so check it out. So I wouldn't know this unless, you know, I was married to one, but did, I feel like we haven't talked about, or sorry, we, you guys haven't talked about on the show much or the callers haven't. Do you like know how like getting in, you know, becoming a doctor works like it's med school and then residency and then you're a, a full visit, like a full practicing doctor. Yeah. Do you get paid for the residency? Yeah. So, so yeah, you do. So yeah. So my wife, is in a surgical residency so that means so at after med school you have your md then different specialties have different residencies you get paid starting at like 50 g's something like that um and that goes on between three to like eight years depending on your specialty eight years yeah depends what you do that so that's like plastic surgery and stuff like that they can go on because after residency when you get like board certified, then you do a fellowship, which is another fucking level of study. And it, it, you don't get paid the big bucks until after all that. So sometimes it can be like almost a decade with like, my, we got out of her med school with 250,000 of uh, debt. Okay. Oh my and God. You're getting, right, right. And you're getting paid starting at 50. Now, Check this out. On her specialty, on the surgical ones, she works on average 90 hours a week. Oh, my God. That's unreal. Um, you don't want someone in medicine doing that at all. That's crazy that they let like, – right? they, do, they don't even there's, let truck drivers work like that. that I mean, there's enough information right? that comes out. that You get so many diminishing, diminishing returns at, at that many hours. Yeah. Like someone is, is – it's like they didn't sleep. It's yeah. awful. They don't let truck drivers well, drive she, for 90 hours a week. Yeah, she, she and her colleagues regularly, uh, depending on what like um, rotation, like what service um, you're on, they do um, several over the course of a month. They do um, 32 hour shifts straight, where they sometimes they can get 
sometimes she's working, she gets like 15 minutes of sleep. And this is all soap. She does it stone cold sober. I don't know how she does it. Um, oh, coffee? But, you gotta do coffee at least. And no, no, coffee, coffee. Totally, cocaine. Yeah, definitely Just coffee. But a tiny bit of cocaine. adrenaline. Yeah. A bang Dude, and some I coke. I am... I mean, they've got to, I mean, they, they've all got to be on speed. I would be on speed. Like yeah. I wouldn't be able to do it without Well, they that. drug test the um, shit out absolutely. of them, you know, I, I, I imagine. They did once. No, they did once at the beginning of the residency. And that was that. Um, That's wild. They have so, the most access to the good stuff. You, but I mean, I'm glad they don't, I'm glad they trust them enough. But so like, uh, so she's working 90 hours a week, making 50 50 grand a year no overtime is this a uh uh um, no. salary position yeah it's salary There's how no, do they get um, away with it and that, in that like are there not enough other people working so this is the thing so when this all began like as you can imagine i was just like what the f how is this possible i did not realize it would be this way like med school was brutal for her in terms of the hours she put in but you know it, it she slept but then when all this stuff began, I was like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. This so then is... I asked her how it worked. So it's like, and like every fucking thing else, um, it has to do with capitalism. Um, now, I'm probably going to butcher the shit out of this. So I open any Street Fighters who know more about, you know, um, economics and the way this shit is distributed to correct me in the Facebook group or like, you know, in another call-in show. But basically, from what I understand, is the, the program that runs the residency gets, a, gets a, a block grant from the government that's based on the price of Medicare, kind of like how some other things in you know, private insurance and all that work. Okay. And it's totally opaque, and they don't have to disclose exactly how much they get. And then they say, oh, we can only afford X many number of residents. And then they just divvy up the money that way between like the hospitals and the residents. So it's somehow determined by like something, uh, a chunk of cash coming from the government and like the price of, oh, I'm sorry, Medicare, not Medicaid. So I don't understand how the fuck that works, but it's only in this country that they're made to work. It's such insane hours and because they need to, like she cannot call out. She when she calls out, if she's out sick for any day, she doesn't get any sick days. She gets three vacations a year, like a week each. They um, don't. But, is that like a they, normal thing for? Is that a normal thing for doctors not getting sick time? Well, uh, yeah. Um, at least in her field with like surgery stuff, it's like if you're not there to do the surgery, there's not anyone to cover you. They don't no, have like, I any guess sort that's of true. I mean, it's still you have to. It still doesn't make sense not to prepare for the eventuality that somebody might get sick at some point. <laughs> I don't understand. I, don't, I mean, they shuffle around schedules and people cover for each other, but it's just insane. So it's really crazy but because there's like a, definitely a sense of solidarity because the stakes – it's not like – you know, I work at a grocery store. Like if I call out, it's like it doesn't – you know, some, some, some other – personal stack the avocados i but mean like, but you would think when it's that like you would think it was the exact same amount of importance when you call off at a grocery store too i have been time when i worked <laughs> at the grocery store and i called off work yeah. it was just like how the hell are we supposed to run this place a bagger we're, down we're getting a wine truck today man like, <laughs> like, are you sure like we like all, all right 
Oh, well, I yeah, mean, no, totally. Who, these avocados aren't going to stack them damn selves. There's nobody else here that can stack the avocados like you. I mean, like we got to rotate the stacks. We got to rotate the stacks in the back. Uh, <laughs> I mean, do you know the the, the spoils we, we we have to take care of? This is not okay. This is. I'm going to make a note of this. Yeah, it is. No, it so is so funny. It is. It is like the one thing about. I mean, I get it makes more sense for a surgeon because it's such a specialized thing, but. Every job yeah. act. I've never had a job that didn't panic every time you call and say you're sick. Like every yeah. single person at the, every person in the room went, cause back when I worked at the cable company, you had to call on the phone and then you had to call on mm -hmm. your next tell and tell somebody. And if they didn't answer, mm -hmm. you had to keep hitting them on the next tell until somebody answered. And sometimes the bosses didn't answer. They were just like, I ain't fucking answering <laughs> that thing. So you would just be laying in bed sick trying to hit this button mm -hmm. to get a damn answer and when you finally got through as soon as you said it and they came back to you to talk to you you just told you heard just dudes just talk like they just never fucking stopped like they were freaking out about it what are we gonna do with your route and shit like that i was like i don't know i mean people can wait to get their cable fixed till tomorrow <laughs> so yeah <laughs> yeah man i mean you know people in um wanting to feel a sense of purpose and importance at work. I get the impulse, but it's like, yeah, it's fucking cable. But this is like literally like some of her rotations are like, these are burn victims. Yeah. Like, yeah. I and, mean, and, and, you know, it's <laughs> and 90 hours though, doesn't like, does she get to, you said she gets to sleep for about 15 minutes during a, sh like, do they have no, a little room that they can go into to, to catch some sleep? They get yeah, on no, scrubs. No, it's not like, it's like, um, what's it called? It's like, depending on what she's doing, like, it's like every fourth night she'll have like one of those 30 hour shifts. But otherwise, she does come home, but it's like she leaves at, you know, 5.30 in the morning, comes home 9 o'clock at night, 10 o'clock at night. Do you, you know? think, do you um, think that part of this is not necessary i mean obviously it's it's still capitalism no matter like how you cut it but but do you think that part of this might be that a lot of people aren't really going to school because they don't want to take on two hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of debt and even if you did have even if you did like say medicare told you you need to hire this certain amount of people they mm -hmm. wouldn't still be able to do it. Like, I can't imagine there are a ton of surgeons out there to pick from just because of the amount of debt and the amount of dedication you have to go through to get to that point. I mean, yeah, I'm not sure in terms of like a shortage. I don't, it's not like you hear all the time about how there's a shortage. Well, just in general, rural doctors, because people don't want to move out there and there are all these like incentives to get people out there. You know, I, I don't think, I, I don't know, to be honest. Like but nurses, there are nurses. There have been nurse shortages in Ohio and Columbus for as long as I can remember. I've been reading in a newspaper that there are nurse shortages here, and uh, you know they say they pay well, but I mean, just I, I mean, well, I've not they, well enough. The the newspaper says they pay well. I guess I, the nurses are actually going on strike here at at the uh, college. I I got to find out more about. Yeah, that. but my, uh, my sister went to Arizona. She flew to Arizona, got it all paid for, and gets paid a ton of money. Yeah, I mean, it's just those that yeah. field is so that field seems impossible for anybody to. I guess like that field is almost mm. and and not in the same. Not in an unethical way, but that feels a lot like the police, where it's very hard to see how the whole thing works. 
from the outside, it's hard to look into the medical field and quite understand how the whole thing works, you know? Well, it's, I feel like it's, like, hard enough to make that field work, you know, just, in, like, in general in civilization, but it's, like, when you throw the the fact that it's a marketplace and that there are private interests in there, it just fucks it up even more. <laughs> it just yeah. makes it insane. Well, the I mean, profit so the motive. That, you, that, that, the yeah. fact that you have to, the, that profit thing is, like, that's going to make everything harder every time. Like nothing is easier when you have to get more out of it than you put into it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, these are, you know, they're really, it's funny because I hear people at work, you know, kind of shit on doctors a lot. And I get it. Like doctors are just like everyone else. There are dicks that are doctors. Total. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I but like, them. and treat people badly. And like, I totally get that. But on the same token from Obviously, I'm super biased about my own wife, but like the people I know too, it's like they, you know, they rotate down here, at least in the program she's in Atlanta, you know, the big public hospital and, you know, they take in, I mean, it's like, I feel like most of our patients are, you know, indigent, you know, struggling people from the street and mentally ill and stuff. And they just like bust their asses to help people out. And then they get some fucking, you know, I don't know, like I a Becky type in there saying, "Can I speak to your manager?" Yeah, like that happened. That literally happened. We were in bed, and you know, she gets called when she's on call, home call, which is another thing they just call you all night. And Ugh. it was like a woman, like, "Well, I'm going to tell tell Emery that, like, she wanted her like, it, it, oh, I can't, I shouldn't go to specifics, but she wanted something done quicker, and they couldn't because they're stressed. And then she like basically did, a, "I'm going to talk to your manager about this." Yeah, what like, the fuck I talk like, to a manager actually about some stuff. The manager of the doctors. <laughs> the manager, of the, yeah, the manager of the doctors. Like, <laughs> Can I speak to I your guess, medical manager? Like, the the the, the med- I'm gonna tell like report this to Emery, and it's just like, oh shit, I just docked myself. Oh well, but um, we spend yeah, thousands it, of dollars at this hospital every year. And we're <laughs> never coming back. <laughs> yeah. Well, here I'm gonna tell that, you. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna tell you real quick. Okay. Thank you mm-hmm. for defending your wife, first yes. of all. Because yes. we are all yes. about defending my wife wives my on this show. Yep. And number two, vape. we hope to see you in Atlanta at something that we'll be announcing very soon. So. Oh, I, yeah, I, um, I'm, I'm very excited for what shall be going on in Atlanta. Yeah, and please yeah, come up put... and say I'm the wife, I'm, I'm the doctor's husband. My wife is a I'm doctor, the doctor's husband, and yeah. I will know you. I'm the grocery store doctor her. husband. Sounds like a good show. Yeah, the grocer, <laughs> the doctor's I, husband. I will. We take our our wives, our vapes, and our guns very seriously down yeah, here. Yeah, gotta well, back them up. Thanks for calling. That was really. I, I mean, I that's kind of we don't think about stuff like that on this show enough. You know, we kind of. We hit like the service industry and stuff, but the I mean, there are a lot of yeah. listeners that work well, in medical. I know fields. a few medical people I know I'm, are ones that end up bursting into tears like during parts of it during for certain stressful jobs. Yeah, you know? there's there's a lot of that it's baked so, into it where they just literally fucking break you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and it's just sort of like they can't when I guess like yeah, I'll wrap it up because I know y'all are a little late, but what's yeah. it called? You know, it's just I, it's just me working in retail, being a, just very much your typical street fighter, but being with someone who's so crazily exceptional and so good-hearted 
and they can't organize, they can't unionize down here, they have in other parts, and they can't defend themselves, and they're so exploited, I feel major solidarity with them because, you know, it's a diff it's a whole other level of customer service. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but sure. it's like they did that to the teachers. They did that to the teachers in West Virginia. Did you see that? No. They they passed a budget, and as part of the budget, they said yeah. they're not allowed to strike no more. Oh, great! Yeah, yeah. that's always. I good. mean, yo, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, I'll I'll get off and let y'all get a going. Have a good but one. I cannot wait to see you down here in Atlanta. Cool, it's gonna be awesome. Have a good night. Yeah, you, you know what they say behind. Every good woman is a street fighting man. And a wife. Between every man is a wife. Um, no, that's or, not true. Yeah. So you want to hear something <laughs> I found out this week? You know? Uh-huh. So I'm going to preface this by saying my wife works for us now, and she thinks we're great. She thinks me and Brett are. She thinks Brett's mean sometimes, but it's just Brett being Brett, you know? But uh, she thinks we're good. She says we're good people to work with. She has told me many times. So we're talking. On the way home, walking home, and she was, I was like, uh, yeah, man, you know, I worked two jobs with you before we dated, you know? We worked together at Chuck E. Cheese, and we worked together at, um, at the golf course. And she was like, yeah, I was like, you ever, like, think about me when we worked there? And we weren't dating or anything. She's like, I was like, you ever, like, think about me? She was like, yeah, you were lazy. You were very lazy. And I was like, well, I don't think I was that lazy at the golf course. And she was like... <laughs> Every time I needed you for something, you were somewhere smoking a cigarette. Yeah. And I was like, uh, so I got all defensive. And I was like, well, everybody thought you were fucking mean. You are mean to everybody in the kitchen. Because they tried to get you to work, to do your job. Right. You were always trying to, you were always asking us to do our job. <laughs> I just, it's like, I was, I was like thinking about it later. And I was like, yeah, you just, she should. I mean, that was bad form, like telling the truth, you know? No, like you should always tell the bad truth. Bad form in that conversation where we're twenty years past. You know, this is nineteen. I I'm disagree. Forty years old. She could have just been like, "Oh yeah, I mean, eh, you were working hard out there. You know, you're no. putting the tables up and no. stuff like that. You know, no, so, you gotta, you gotta accept who you are. You have to have some self awareness. Like, I you always can't thought, just sign up. You can't just have a partner that like co-signs your narrative. You don't think? I always thought at the golf course I worked pretty hard. I always felt as though I was always oh, lifting. You're saying heavy she popped stuff. your bubble. Right. I, I was always lifting heavy stuff. I just don't want to think. Here's what I don't want to think. We'll take the next call in just a second. I don't want to think that every single minute of my working life up to now, up to 2016, was all me being lazy. Like every minute of it. Like I want to think there were some bursts there of like greatness in there. You know what I mean? You've made this whole show by telling stories about how you've never done the job right. Right, but there was prop. I like to think in my mind. I like oh, you know, I'm goofy. You know, oh, look at this joke about this time I <laughs> I dick I fell asleep at work and I didn't wake up and then I claimed overtime for you. You know, like I, I like to tell that story, but in my mind I like to think. Because, like, I do think there is a little bit in there of, like, bad solidarity if you're an exceptionally bad employee. Uh-huh. You see what I'm saying? I like to think I wasn't, like, always bad. But every time I talk to somebody from my past, they're like, oh, I hated working with you. <laughs> like, the worst person I ever worked with. <laughs> yeah, I always thought you just accepted it as, like, a function. I was like, 
the workplace. If someone has to be the bad employee, and that would be you. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I didn't think it was me all the time. Yeah, obviously, the bad employee still goes home and complains about somebody. That's true. Right? That's also true. There's got to be somebody. Everybody has to complain about somebody. Right, you weren't Mitch or whoever else. You and weren't if you're, whoever it, the other guy was. Yeah, it, there's, I like to think that there was always you somebody think- that wasn't. As good as me, though. Brian, you know, just coasting in the middle. They just wanted you to hang out and tell jokes. They did not expect (laughs) you to do a good job. Okay. That's all it was. Okay. That's all it's been. I just always feel like, I I always feel like there was probably, like, because I feel bad. Not bad. Do you feel bad that your wife was in need? She needed a busser? I feel like. 25 years ago? Odd. No. I feel like a really odd, like, there's a thing in my heart, right? That is like, you worked for real, a hundred different, whatever, however many different, let's say 30 different jobs from the year of 1995 until 2008, you worked all these jobs, Uh right? uh And you're thinking, I probably like, there were probably some periods in there where I could have like gone to management or something like that. Like there were. There were times where I showed promise. Okay. And then, and that, that like the system was what was grinding me down and keeping me Mm. to not living up to my full potential. It wasn't me that was stopping me from living. It wasn't like this concerted effort to be a monkey wrenching, horrible employee. But, and now when I think about it, I'm like, oh, maybe. In fact, Folks, that's how you get your bubble burst. It was a waste of time. Maybe I was maybe I wasted a lot more time than I thought I did. Yes. Um, if you consider your problems the fault of somebody else, you're gonna find out that a lot of people think you did them yourself. Well, I just the system is fucked up. You know how the system works. Uh yeah, I mean you just do what they want and they like you. you it didn't work like that for me. Yeah, though. you want to do what Brian Quinby wants. That's true. That's true. All right, let's I get on the phone here. Uh, thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Hey, can y'all hear me all right? Yes. Oh, great. This is Dave from Orlando. What's up, Dave from Orlando? What's going on tonight? Uh, not too much. I'm sick as all hell, but I just got some food in me, so I'm going to make it through. What kind of food you eating? I can't eat too much, so I just had some applesauce and saltines. Ugh. I had a salad for dinner, so I guess we're both on the same level there. Uh, <laughs> so what 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 you calling in for tonight? Uh, uh, not too much. I've got a work story, but also I was the guy after um, the other week's basement show who was tweeting about how Mike Rowe doesn't know shit about linguistics. Okay, all right. I would love to. Well, I do know a little bit, but but yeah, let's uh let's hear the work story. And then we'll 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 follow it up with a little micro. All right, sounds good. Yeah, uh, I actually just got back into the country uh, a couple of months ago. I was teaching English in Japan for a year. Oh, that sounds sweet. Oh, it was. I'll say it was life changing. It was pretty interesting. Like good life changing, or like you were miserable. Uh, <laughs> Uh, depends on the time, but that's where I found the show and started reading more into politics and things like that. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, so like, like did, you, you speak, speak Japanese, Japanese, obviously, right? Only a little bit. I can kind of get by with day to day stuff. 
So how, I mean, and you were teaching English, were you teaching English as a second language or were you teaching Americans in Japan? Yeah, I was teaching uh, kindergarten through adults at the, they call it an Eitaiwa. It's an English conversation school. Ah, how was it? So what? what's that like? The kids were absolutely fantastic. Um, my other teachers and everything were cool, but I'm the same as here. It's the management that's the issue. Okay, Let, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Yeah, so one of my classes, my adult intermediate class, uh, I was co-teaching this with another teacher. We would each do like one class each, uh, each week. And halfway through the year, we got to the end of the, the textbook that we were working with. And we, we went over all of our uh, lesson plans together and things like that. And basically, we were going at a normal pace. If we were to go slower, it would have been uh, just we never would have gotten through anything. So we we finish up with this textbook, and I just go to the principal, and I say, hey, can we go ahead and order the next textbook? And this principal looks like she has no idea what I'm talking about. And she says, what do you mean the next textbook? And I, I pointed out the textbook says it's, you know, book 2A. And I had gone online, and there was a part B, and it looked like each one was for one semester of a year-long class. Okay. And the principal tells me that book was supposed to last all year. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, in order to get this book lasting the whole year, we would have had to go one page per class. Movie days, dude. Can't you do a movie day? Yeah, y'all watch Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It's a classic American movie. It'll teach a lot of English. Oh, man, I would have caught such hell for my principal if she caught me doing a movie day. You have no idea. Oh, we so did you're so just many supposed movie to do days. the book? We did, too. Oh, God, I had this one class, dude. We watched The Breakfast Club. <laughs> yeah, English class. We watched The Breakfast Club. We watched The Outsiders. And we it was just like, come on. This is great. This is my... We watched... I had one class. Teach, it was watched, half, like Emilio Estevez movies? Yeah, I had a half-hour course, Brett. Uh, um, and they had us watch um, JFK, right? Oh, God. Over, it's a three-hour movie. Yeah. And over, like, weeks, we watched JFK, and then at the beginning of every class, these two teachers would come in, and one believed in a conspiracy, and one believed What is in, this? And they would just argue about it for 15 no. minutes, no. then start the movie, and we would watch 15 minutes of it, and go on to the next I want to be a teacher. <laughs> I can teach like that. <laughs> they don't do it like that in Japan. You can't uh, do that in Japan. You got you got to do one page. Well, out I could have figured something else out if they had told me that uh, that this book was supposed to last right, the whole year. Like time. I was coming up with assignments for everything else. Yeah. So what did they do? What'd you end up doing? How how did that play out? Well, so the principal went and grabbed the uh, binder with the budget, like just to show me, and said, "Hey, we can't afford to get another book." And uh, this was like a movie scene right behind her. I can see at the same time she's showing me this budget, the movers who are bringing in the all new office furniture for the executive office. (laughs) 
That sounds like a National Lampoon's movie. That stuff's important, though, because, like, when you bring in high-dollar clients to your school that teaches language, you want them to see luxury furniture and see what it looks like. This is very high-powered meetings happen at this school, okay? Oh, their stuff was so fancy beforehand. We were sitting there with desks they brought in when the school was founded, and this office has, like, a big marble meeting table and all that. (laughs) Yeah, a couple couple Eames chairs for people to lounge around in. Oh, wonderful. Oh, yeah, it was nuts. And the thing is, this book cost about 12 bucks online per book, and I had four students. Uh, what? So it would have been $48 to get the next book. Yeah. Could you have bought one book and just had all four of them sit around the book? That's what I would have done. <laughs> yeah, can we share? Can we share <laughs> well, book? So what I ended up doing, and they didn't find out until I uh, left the school, is I bought one of the books off Amazon, and then in the morning when I finished up this kindergarten before my boss got there, I'd just go into the copy room, and I'd copy out a bunch of pages, and after about a week of doing that, I was able to just give each student a binder with a full copy of the textbook. Do you think that what happened, though, after that was they went to the next class and just learned the next book? Like, because now you got a log jam, right? Now you're looking at like, okay, well, you're supposed to do one book a year. Now we go to the next class and we do the next book, but you've already taught them the next book. Yeah, well, the thing is, I knew the guy who was replacing me and I just went to him and told him what was up. Because uh, they nuts. wanted me to start halfway through the year with a completely different book. Okay, uh, I love that. I, they I, wanted me to just go into the closet and pick something else. Yeah, out. anywhere you go in the globe, humans are bumbling idiots that are trying to cover their own ass and save face, save money. Yeah, especially everywhere in the world. I believe I'll bet you anything. Everywhere in the world, the thing the school hates the most is paying for textbooks. Oh yeah, it probably paying drives, for anything. Yeah, well, it probably drives like every year. Because I remember when I was in ninth grade, my textbook i didn't go to school in the 80s i went to school in the 90s and i remember ninth grade the textbook that i had in health copyright 1978 Ooh. <laughs> it was like in there telling you like eat some bacon for vigor and stuff. yeah <laughs> teacher would have to be like don't now ignore the food guide pyramid there that has uh right <laughs> Has beef Wellington has, for breakfast. That was the sort of thing they salad. wanted me to teach out of books that were still using AOL examples. <laughs> yeah, they hate buying books. It just there's something about school. But the thing is, they they weren't even uh, paying for the books at the school. They were charging the students a materials fee, getting a, a book that's supposed to last six months and just pocketing the rest. Oh, oh schools. yeah, schools. Woohoo! School administrators are. Yeah, I wonder. They're pretty up there with small business tyrants. Like uh, some school administrators, you'll be looking at them I, like, mm, I don't know. I I have to say, actually, I feel like it's the most impossible job in the world. Okay, because yeah. you're handed down like money and a budget and regulations from up above, and you really don't have the opportunity to like make more money or like market it differently. Well, that's what I mean by administrators you, being like the, well, I guess even the administrators has to deal with whatever the goddamn government. Decides. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like our administrator in Columbus is awesome. She's really fun and great, but like, she can't just hand, it's not like she can change the budget. You no. know, they tell her how much she can fucking spend. Yeah. Yeah, and she ain't buying textbooks. Yeah, this one was a uh, was not a public school. Yeah. This was like a tutoring center sort of after school oh. thing. Oh, 
private uh, too. Holy private. Fuck, so they were part of a big worse. company that ran like nursing homes and kindergartens oh, and daycares off. around the city and all fuck that. Fuck off. I, I want to go to Japan though. Maybe I'll go there and teach. Yeah, I want to grift in Japan a little bit. Yeah, I mean, why not? I want to get one life, one chance, motherfucker. That's what Madball said. Oh, I thought you were talking about uh, Eminem. Oh, from Eight Mile. <laughs> so <laughs> you <laughs> said you <laughs> wanted to talk about Mike Rowe. Now, I want to guess real quick. I'm not trying to be a pain or steal your thunder. It's that language changes, and there is no right language. Right? Is that is that where he's wrong linguistic linguistically, like basically? That's pretty much the gist of it. Yeah. yeah. It just changes and linguists are just there to uh document what's happening, not tell people what to do right or wrong and all that. Yeah. That's what I always I I I think when people I think people it's the same thing with cursive, right? Like there was this big there was this period a couple years ago where all the memes were about how kids aren't being taught cursive anymore. And it's like, you're just mad because they made you learn it. That was, that's the, that's what I get from things like this. It's like, you're just mad now that you had, you're just mad that you learned vocabulary and it doesn't matter anymore. Not vocabulary. You're mad that you learned punctuation and stuff like that. And it doesn't matter anymore. Really in everyday life. It never did. Commas and fucking periods. When you mentioned vocabulary, that's the other thing. You talked about people uh, being able to use a sentence, but that's only in text. No linguist is going to worry because you still have to use words when you're talking to someone face to face. Right. Yeah. 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 It, it's always, I've, I've talked to linguists. We have some friends that are friends of the show that, that went to school for linguistics, and they really opened my eyes to like, there is no, there is no right way. Language is about communication and communicating things to each other. And as long as you're communicating it, it's not, I mean, it's not, even if it was grunts, you're well, still getting the point across. Right. You know? Yeah. And the standardization of it all is something that happens with like scholarly papers and like going to college and shit. But like, as far as how we talk to each other, you know, there isn't like a group there's like a group of scientists that are like holding their head and sighing because we all started saying LOL to each other. I know. Like I know. 20 years ago. LMAO. And, and even with uh, academic papers, because I, same time I was in grad school for linguistics, I was working at a newspaper as an editor. And the first thing they teach you when they're, when you're going through and learning all these rules is the whole point of it is just to be as clear as possible. Right. So like all even, those rules they teach you in school, it's just so that you can communicate. Right. So just be clear. That's all they're saying. And an emoji makes a clear point a lot of times. I mean, some people's like some adults are really bad at emojis. For sure. <laughs> like I'm still pretty bad. I don't use them very much because like I get them wrong, whatever they mean. I do. I just the sorry one. I would have never known that was sorry. Oh, straight face. Yeah. What's that? You know, but I, I, I you mean, never go. Yeah. I use words though, when I don't understand what the emoji means. And I think everybody does that. I micro is he, here's the thing about micro. He hates everything. He's performative. Yes. He is Emo- a snowflake. He's a jackass that is only interested in this because it makes him look better. Because he can write his name in cursive. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, they did. They were Matt Boomers. Oh, I know. That was like Common Core. Yeah. 
they were mad about Common Core, but they were so much more mad. I there was a few times where I talked to people about Common Core and just changed their mind completely. I know I talked to somebody, one of Brett's in laws, about it, and I was just like, you know, here's why they teach Common Core like that, and and they were just like, oh. Yeah, that does make sense. And it's like, yeah, I don't know why people were freaking out about it so much. But yeah, the the uh, the the emojis and and shortening things, it's 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 weird to even care. It, it really does come off as sour grapes that you had to learn something. Oh, man, they. I mean, they taught me calligraphy. Why would I care at all in this whole world to write in calligraphy? I don't, I don't want to be too woke, but a lot of this also is a lot of like misogyny and that old men are pissed off at what teenage girls are happy about. That's true. That's yeah. where a lot of that like real men don't say LOL to each other. Real men don't use emoticons like he's comes from that same stripe of that, I feel like as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if anybody tries to tell you the abbreviation is doing anything, uh, just point out to them how much the uh, ancient Romans used abbreviation. They went wild with that stuff. Oh, did they? <laughs> yeah, oh, I absolutely. think everybody Any did. Temples, you look at top, it's all just one or two letter phrases. Yeah, I think everybody does that. I think every generation of humanity has been like, I'm not going to speak poetically and flowery. They think because well, Shakespeare wrote a lot of stuff that like, oh, shit, that's how people talked back then. And it's not. Yeah. And every single year, Webster adds some new adds bling bling to the dictionary or some other thing. And we keep coming up with new words and things to say. And it keeps, and they get it hot keeps... under the collar about that, though, too. Right. That's rap words. I don't like it. You know? Well, thanks for calling in. I, I appreciate it. That was that was good. <laughs> Yeah, it was great talking with you guys. Can I plug something real quick? Y'all mind? Absolutely. Uh, so my roommate and I started up a YouTube channel. We're doing leftist uh, topics with uh, news, uh, social issues, things like that. Our latest episode of the podcast that goes along with it is just talking about uh, people's rights, if ICE or Border Patrol stuff is um, that's going to be out on Wednesday. We just recorded it today. Tight. Cool. All right. Yeah. What's the name? Yeah. So you can find that on YouTube. The channel is The Neighborhood with Mike and Dave. And all the links are right there. All right. All right. Have a good night. That's all right. You guys have a good show. I, I, I just, there's so much in, in, in that kind of stuff, like where, where, like, where, where he's talking about. Uh, you were supposed to do that textbook for the uh, the whole year. Oh, like, right. I hear that the the administrators for I hear that stuff so much. Like we just, I'll say this: well, it's, we I mean, as people do not care about our children's education. I mean, I personally care. I do for my daughters, but I think that like we make I, that like the tenth most important thing on our list. Uh, we don't have enough. This is not a good topic <laughs> for the basement show because I have a lot going on with that in my life right now. Okay, okay, sorry, man. I, no, I mean, I, I mean, I think that in my opinion, I think I, it's a problem because I don't, I'm not super invested in what my kid learns from the school or how she performs on a test because I genuinely believe by the times. She's an adult. She'll understand reading and writing. She'll even, figure it out. Even at, if at like a kindergarten level, it's not like the what they want. Um, yeah, so that's it's tough. But yeah. you're right. At the same time, I do see the place we send her. And I, you know, 
it, it sucks because nobody gives a fuck. I like, mean, they treat it like it's so fucking important and they won't do anything to help out the fucking kids that have to go through it, you know? Yeah, it feels like the, like I said, the 10th thing on any oh, yeah. city's list is education, even yeah. though they're like, education is so important to these children. But then it's like, well, the soccer stadium's more important than education. Right. The uh, new condos are more important than education. Right. Maybe some sort of new Amazon HQ5 could come into town. We'd have to give them a tax abatement, of course. That's very important. Oh, uh, they were they were throwing money at um fucking who was that? Stone Brewery. Yeah. They were throwing money at. Yeah. Um I'm trying to like I could just name so many things. You know, uh the new that new recreation park that they're building up north of the city that's like uh the quarry yeah it's just some crazy yeah, thing that's new... like people can they're building a fake beach in the middle of the fucking suburbs yeah <laughs> yeah so I, I someone mean... mentioned so this is funny someone said one day in my cognitive psych class we watched all of the stand-up routine with airplane jokes by george carlin Oh, no. <laughs> that was their education for the day. It's funny, man. I like, mean, TV day was the best. Whenever they like, they squeal, they put that cart, they get it up there. That big ass fucking CRT monitor just sitting up there blaring some Civil War movie. So fucking Barry Lyndon, like 30 minutes of that or something for the whole day. So I took a course called Street Law when I was in the 11th grade. Yeah. And in that course, what we did was every Thursday, every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, we watched Law and Order. And every Monday and Friday, we wrote about Law and Order. And what? Street Law. And oh. this for the whole year. And I was like, oof, this class, all right, right on, Law and Order, okay? Yeah, that's ripped from the headlines, you know? Yeah, it's very important that you learn. That's how court really works, is yeah, Law and Order. Is... And that's what he said. He was like, this is the most accurate like depiction no, he of didn't. court. I fucking would never lie about this, Mr. Millis. He said, "That's a ripoff artist." Dude. He said, "This is the most accurate depiction of court that you can catch on TV." Not even forty-eight hours. I, look, I don't know what to say. Court TV was out at that boom, time, boom, 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 but they boom. didn't have court. T so he recorded it on videotape every day, right? And he would just bring it in, and we—I watched so many episodes of Law and Order. Okay, you need to get a refund on this. I know. Next year, I have a course called Principles of Democracy, and it's needed to graduate. Teacher, Mr. Millis, every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, we watch Law and & Order, and on Monday and Friday... <laughs> no, no, no! <laughs> we filled out a little paper about the Law & Order! No! <laughs> this guy! That's a Street Fight hero. He I know. put him up on the board. We were just watching He's just Law like, & Order! Shit, man, I teach down at the university, you know? Well, this all is I do is high school. A, oh, high this school. This isn't high school. No, it wasn't. Because I would have flipped up. I did I have a university say, if you were paying course. for that. I did have a university course back in college where we watched Gangland twice a week. Okay. <laughs> like about gangs and That's shit. That's expensive. Like, we're watching Gangland. more than cable. Okay, high school, watch Law & Order, report on it. That is probably the best way to engage teens <laughs> in the, the judicial system. Because yeah, teens would never watch Law & Order, so it's like almost like you're hipping them to something. Oh, yeah. Or they're like, you know? oh, shit. My parents watch this. Yeah, but then you start watching it, you're like, oh, man, it's kind of yeah. interesting. I get, Law and Order What are they going to do with that DNA evidence? <laughs> Law & Order is the ultimate, like, 
I will never watch this. And it then sucks. 15 minutes in, you're like, okay, I got to see what happens, though. Yeah. Like, I, 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 I can watch another one of these. Yeah. <laughs> There's I so many see stuff. What, uh, what, what's the dude's name? Uh, Jerry Orbach, man. That motherfucker <laughs> rules. Oh, we were, like, watching him, Benjamin Bratt, like, all the eras, you know? It, yeah, the and uh, Sam would, Watterson, right? With yeah. the courtroom fucking tearing it up. And the fucking teacher would even do this. He'd be like, he'd have the TV sitting there when you got in. And then he'd be like, guess what, class? Do, 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 do. <laughs> do, 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 do. Like, you're like, about to go. Smile. Everybody's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's TV day. Everybody in the class is like, law and order, baby. Yeah, bring popcorn. <laughs> No snacks. Oh, no snacks. No snacks. Ugh. My school was so anti-snacks. It was crazy. Yeah, kids are bad with food. Yeah, they, they're just, they don't need all those snacks. They should. This I is mean, true. Well, they're, they do need a lot of fuel, though. All right, let's get to our next call. I mean, dude. dude, I've been having neighbor kids, and I also have another mom that I swap my kid with once a week, and I've done it with another parent, too. So I have so many foreign kids over here, and all they're like, can I have an ice cream sandwich? Can I have a popsicle? Can I have grapes? Can I have strawberry sandwich? Can I have every every fucking thing under the sun? Like, my daughter doesn't eat any fruit cups, but we go through about a dozen of them a week. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's see who's on the phone. Thanks for calling Street Fighter. Who are you talking to? Oh, no. Hi. Uh, what's happening what? to your phone? Here, put your phone on the other Hello. side of the fan up to your ear instead of talking Hello? through the fan. And, okay, like what's Darth going Vader. on? Hi. Oh, you sound Sorry. perfect. Who is this? What's up? How you doing? Hi. Hi, this is uh this is Blair. I wanted to tell you guys about um a weird connection I have to Marianne Williamson. Ooh. Oh, the 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 crystal the, presidential candidate? The crystal presidential yeah. candidate. Yeah. Can I say something yeah, about her? One. Can I say something about her real quick? One of oh, the sure. one of the weirdest craziest things i've ever heard in a presidential campaign is her they asked each candidate what their comfort foods were and they all gave an answer and all of them were relatively weird because presidential candidates are aliens yeah they... but she said i don't have a comfort food <laughs> and i was like oh, well you should make one up then yeah you don't just say i don't have one Come on. I mean, it, comfort doesn't exist in her world. It's, it's a, it, that's a real, um, I don't really like music kind Dang. of statement. It's exactly like it. Oh, you like that song? Uh, no, don't listen to music, actually. Uh, no. so. I don't know. You're talking about like a, a rich, buttery baked potato smothered with broccoli <laughs> and cheese? I don't know. Is that comforting, really, at the end of the day? Eh, I'd just, rather have a food pill. I just, <laughs> true. I just, she could have said Soylent. That's my comfort. She could have said Soylent. Soylent. It has all caffeine. of, I drink Huel because it has 100% <laughs> okay. of my daily vitamins. Just one thing is my uncle actually used to work at Soylent until like a couple weeks ago. He was like really high up there. Oh, really? Wow. So, hey, tell him yeah, I'm a fan so of his product. I, I mean, like, I drink a lot of Soylent, but that's just because I don't like eating. So it's like, it's a way to get calories without food. Yeah. Same here. I just bought 36 of them. Eating's them really getting in the, in the way yeah, of me getting shit done. Any, any I get a friend's lately. family discount. Oh, golly. Wow. I got, buy, they had buy two, get one free. Buy two cases, get one free. That's, that's why I bought three cases. Yeah, they had that sale. Yeah, Because I eat it every um, day for breakfast because I don't. You chew it? Well, I, I drink it every day for breakfast because I don't want to deal 
at all. Which I, all my life, I've woke up in the morning and tried to eat food, and it has made me feel like shit and taste bad. So, you know. So, uh, what connection do you have to the the lady that doesn't eat? Yeah, Marianne Williamson. Okay, so my best friend, who is standing here next to me, but who doesn't listen to the show, so she's not like that invested. Uh, her <laughs> parents are kind of batshit, and her oh, uh, her Uh-oh. mom is. They might hack you. Cult. She's what? So her her mom is in a cult, or well, they call it a class. Oh. It meets once a week. What is it? What's uh, it called? Right now, there, it's A Course in Miracles. Okay. All right. All right. I could study it's, up on it's that. It's based on a book that's about like how miracles are supposed to be, they're a natural part of your life, and you need to be at the right vibration level for them to happen. Oh, I And like, it's honor. written very like like a textbook, not or like almost like a Bible. Like It's weird. It's, it's, it's a course. Yeah, yeah, man, you got. It's a really weird. I understand. Um, you got to be in a flow Marianne state. Marianne Williamson. <laughs> it's it's awful. Uh, but Marianne Williamson wrote the unofficial sequel. Oh, I love an unofficial oh. sequel. I want to do an unofficial sequel. Yeah, of pick Gremlins. up where the giants left off. <laughs> That's how I well, feel. The, the the original Course in Miracles doesn't technically have an author. It has like an editor or something. Dude, that's like anarchist. It style. has someone who transcribed it. It was dictated from Jesus. Oh yeah, yes. okay, yeah. That's good. That so, I mean, the Mary Mormons did that and it wrote worked for the them. Yeah, the Mormons did that and it worked real well for them. It was just like, well, exactly. I didn't write this thing. Jesus did. He told me all about it. John Smith. I need a miracle. I certainly need a miracle. All I need yeah. is a miracle, right? I've been doing pretty good. Um, I usually have weird synchronicity moments whenever I feel like I'm moving in the right direction. Like there'll be just weird happenstance shit that happens. And I always feel like the earth is lining up for me and my vibrations are on point. That's great. You should get a hold yeah, of that's, the... that's well, probably your vibration. Yeah. So Today, uh, today what happened so, was I was listening to a podcast and someone was telling a story about Jay Cutler. And somebody ordered... I was processing someone's order on the Shopify store and they had the same exact initials and last name. That's you know who else has those? Jesus Christ. Oh damn. <laughs> all right. It's a healing thing. Have you met her at all? Or is she just she just wrote an unofficial sequel to the book? Okay. Yeah, she wrote the unofficial sequel and like the the cult is like nationwide. They have classes in every city. Well, pretty looking much. that up right now. Okay. Um, they have their own like Facebook for a course in miracles. I'm yeah, not against they, this, they to be honest. Well, it depends, Brett. I mean, it's probably taking old ladies' money. I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, she does give them five dollars every week. Oh, that's nothing. That's worth it. You got to. Someone's got to do the paperwork yeah, for this goddamn friendship that, group. Right? Yeah, they need money. Yeah, if you're going to come over to my house and, you know, I got to clean up and do a little bit of labor and shit. I got to do a spreadsheet on who came here. Give me five bucks. (laughs) Exactly. I'm going to teach you how to, I'm going to teach you how to invite miracles into your goddamn life. (laughs) For Christ's sake. So the great thing about Marianne running for president is I have spent like the many years that I've been friends with Carolyn learning about like the weird shit her parents do like vibrating saliva and stuff what and now it's running for president 
What's vibrant? Can I hear about that? The vibrating saliva? I'm yeah. curious. Well, so, so this was, can I? Yeah. yeah. So ahead. a couple of years ago, we thought we were going to lose her mom because we kept talking about ascending to her rainbow body. And then she took a week-long cult vacation. I swear to Christ. I'll we're at, sure. we're at. Um, yeah. Yeah. She took like a week-long vacation to like the desert. Yeah, Sedona or something. That's what made it so concerning. Oh yeah, it was it was a while. Um, But while she was gone, her husband kept a baggie of her spit in the bio photon machine. That's what it's called. Yeah, the bio photon machine. A bio photon. uh, You can Google that. I think there's one video of it that my dad actually made online. What it does is it can track your vibrational signature anywhere in the world and treat whatever's wrong with you, but it's pretty specific. It can either take like your spit or your saliva or a Polaroid picture of you, but you have to be very careful about what's in that picture. If there's any red, it'll just treat you for cancer. (laughs) If there's a plant in the picture, it'll also treat the plant. Okay. <laughs> Make sure you don't put a plant in the picture. That makes perfect sense to me. Are you in Arizona by any chance? Like, is this an Arizona thing? Hmm? Is this an Arizona? Are no, you guys in Arizona? Wisconsin. Wisconsin. That doesn't seem like a place where that bio photon machines no, would be. Actually, uh, I think it, no, it's not Baraboo. There's some small town around here that has a yearly UFO festival and Sherry's big in that. Yeah. Sherry's the local cult leader. I mean, yeah. The local, the like local Madison branch of A Course in Miracles is really into aliens, but the national level isn't. Yeah. I mean, you like, like, come like on, this. Madison. Cool. Wisconsin. Yeah. Y'all got it's big, like Bigfoot's up in Wisconsin, right? What? Does Bigfoot make an appearance in Wisconsin? Yeah. Probably. No, oh, I didn't know. I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe there's no Bigfoot in Wisconsin. Never been. I am reading. I am. I'm gonna now. Now you're gonna have to listen to the next basement show to hear me talk all about a course in miracles. Because now I'm interested. I'm too interested in it. Oh, one hundred percent. There's like there's a couple more things that are really important about this. Like, so the Madison cult leader, yeah, Sherry Wild. She's amazing. Like what, like 20 years ago, she decided that she had been being abducted by aliens her entire life and wrote a book about it. And now, like, the Madison, of course, in Miracles is also an alien cult. Yeah, she, they, the aliens <laughs> allowed her 30 years ago to remember that it's been happening her whole life. Oh, is the national, like, organization pissed off at her for, like, being like, come on, this alien stuff's making us look crazy? <laughs> don't know honestly that's a good question she, she has a book it's it's on amazon you can read it you can read her life story i yeah. don't remember what it's called but sherry wild she's also a realtor if you're interested oh uh, well that, a lot of realtors are into that kind of thing i just joined their email community yeah. Yeah, I, I just joined the email community of the foundation for inner peace fip yeah Ooh. okay okay yeah so, yeah hey um so, you know the Marianne Williamson orb thing? I No, I don't know like, that. Okay. People just, like, make jokes about her and her orbs a lot because she's a very, like, she's a person who would have orbs. But I didn't know what that meant. So today I asked Carolyn, and it turns out this is something she just grew up with. Oh, yeah, that was a normal part of my life. Anytime you, like, took a picture and there was, like, little white circles in the picture, 
that's what's known as an orb, and those show up uh, in a place with a lot of happy energy. Love that. Oh. That's not something other people's parents tell them. <laughs> I need an orb. I I'd, I'd never. That's probably why there, there's never been an orb in one of my pictures because there's not a lot of happy energy. So you got a bad me. life, man. I know. Yeah. I need to. That's why I'm going to get involved in this for sure. Yeah, or you're dusting too much. That's true too. I might be dusting. Uh, well, now you got me. I'm going to read about this stuff now. I'm going to probably take the workbook lessons too. see if I can't get involved yeah. in this group. I mean, this might be what I need. I got a three week vacation coming up where I don't have to record. Maybe that's what I'm going to, uh, yeah. maybe that's what I'll do. I work through this course in miracles. Hey, yeah, you can take the course in miracles. You have to take notes. You have to like annotate the whole book. Are okay. y'all close to uh, the Wisconsin Dells at all? Oh, we want to well, go there so bad. I mean, we're currently in Minneapolis. We're just from Wisconsin. I was going to say like, that they got a restaurant Wisconsin. called the Cheese Factory at the Wisconsin Dells. It's uh, it says we are staffed oh, yeah. by teach teachers and students of A Course in Miracles. Oh, let's go, Brad. What? No way. Yeah, what? they have their no own way. restaurant. Oh, my what? God. Yeah, it's vegan, too, man. That's different. I wonder. Oh, the one thing is different. Yeah, that's that. That was different. Not everything is a course in miracles. Sometimes it's just a wand. Explain the wand. Um, they, uh, uh, very weird parents. Um, they have like little metal wands that look like pens. It even has a little like pen clip on it. Uh, it's it's just a metal wand, but it changes frequencies. And I know whenever they go to restaurants, they like swirl the wand around their food to increase its frequency. Cool. So I assume this restaurant already does that for you. <laughs> yes. Frequented. That is nice. That's a true convenience. You don't have to wand your own yeah. food. God, I hate it when restaurants don't wand my food for me. <laughs> it is really annoying when my food lowers my vibrational frequency. <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, I'm on a high frequency diet. <laughs> well, thank you for calling in. We appreciate it. Uh, happy birthday. Yeah, tomorrow. Big one. 21. You're turning 21 thank tomorrow? You. I am. Are you going to try to do, are you going to try to drink at midnight? Uh, no, because that's illegal in Minnesota. Oh, <laughs> we it's went on Sunday. midnight. Yeah, it's a Sunday too. Like there's nothing. We're we're going to go to the Mall of America tomorrow and get chocolate martinis, and that's the entire plan. That sounds like a really fun afternoon. Birthday well yeah. spent. Yeah, we'll probably have some miracles. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All you gotta do is thank you. Take the course, right? Thank you so much for listening to this because I needed to tell someone this. Like I've just been going insane watching her go up on the national stage. I'm like, no one knows about the orb. Yeah, I, I uh, am going to dive into this. There is a lot of stuff going on um, that I haven't even begun to uh, <laughs> compute. Yeah. <laughs> so y'all have a good night. All right. Yeah, you too. Have a good one. Peace. Bye. And the call queue is fizzle. Again? Yeah, I mean, it's just been jammed the whole time. All right. Well, uh, it's probably time to take our quick break. You want to do one more call? Yeah. Let's do one more. Jam one more call. Again. We are popular. People want to call in and we're leaving them. It's we're kind trying. of despicable. We're, what are we leaving? <laughs> we're going to leave for three weeks. Dude, I need it. They want to talk. I just need it. These people want to talk. 
Oh, it just someone else just filled it up. It went from nine to ten as soon as I let I'm, that person I, out. I've never needed a, a a time off more. But Brett, you're more than welcome to come down and record the call-in show all That's by true. yourself. True. <laughs> Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Hey, am I on with you guys? Yeah, you're yes. on with us. What's up? Who's this? Oh shit! Oh, hey guys. Yo, so I uh, actually emailed Brett like uh, like last week. Uh, well, he got back to me about this uh, sewage situation down uh, down my way. It's in my backyard. So I just wanted to call in to fill you guys in on that. It's been pretty wild. Um, yeah, I uh, I mean, you, nobody else knows what ha- what happened. So you have to give us like the, uh, yeah, the quick yeah. and dirty version of what went down. Okay, so I live uh, I live in uh, southern Anne Arundel County in uh, Maryland, and um, they've been um, like they've been doing a lot of like raising of manhole covers and stuff around here because of climate change and like rising waters. And uh, so in January they excavated this hole around a manhole cover and just left it totally unexcavated, or I guess totally excavated. And um, it uh. I guess somewhere along the line, like a contractor had damaged a sewer line and it led to a blockage. And then just for like months, sewage was just filling out and going into the creek, like right next to my house. And it's like a, when I say creek, it's like a, like a lot of boats are in this creek and like charter fishermen go out of there. And uh, yeah, it's a very populated area. And so, and it leads we were, like, in to a bigger body of water. Yeah. It goes right into the Chesapeake Bay, like directly under yeah. Chesapeake Bay. Sewage dumping directly so, into that. Yeah, yeah, and so, like, my wife and I have been calling, and uh, my in-laws have been calling to, like, DPW, Department of Public Works, their emergency line. Like, we had documented calls, and, um, yeah, so they didn't come out until April 17th, and apparently the blockage occurred back in February, on February 7th. So they excavated the whole January 2nd, blockage occurred February 7th, they responded on April 17th. So, um they acknowledged 1,500 gallons went into the creek over five hours, but that five hours only pertains to when the initial responder got there on the 17th to when the pump trucks finished pumping out that, that uh, they recovered 100 gallons. That's their so official, like, went into the creek. on the clock. That's what they're saying, saying like, on the once we knew that's about it, this is how much time, hours. how much has dumped in. But yeah. the history before yeah, we knew about it, we don't really, we're not going to speculate on. They're not saying anything about that. And um, so that's been the the big thing is like, because prior to this, uh, them even coming out here, like I talked to neighbors and they've been like, yeah, it smells like shit on the creek. And uh, so eventually when they came around to acknowledging it, they didn't tell any neighbors or anything. They literally put up like one little, maybe like eight or like maybe like 10 by 12 sign like 10 inches by 12 inches sign just right next to the manhole and this is like off the road this is like maybe like 50 feet off the road and uh so they just put this little sign up didn't tell anybody about it so i knocked on all my neighbor's doors up and down the block to the creek and back and like talked to everybody basically and uh then we started like pushing for the county to like like to like the county executive's office and then like elected representatives too and so I sat in for some meetings with like the county executive's office and they pulled the same line about the 1500 gallons. I sat in with delegate, uh, state senator, and they were like, yeah, this sucks, but this, they, they said it's 1500 gallons, you know, so it's been really frustrating. And then I got to the point of 
I almost got a meeting with the director of DPW and the administrator of utilities last week until I asked to record the meeting. Uh. And they said, uh, well, then they, um, then an attorney emailed me back and he said, uh, you can't record the meeting. It's a private meeting. So I was like, well, that's kind of a problem. We got to have a public meeting. And you also have to give me the call recordings and the documents that you've been promising me. So that uh, meeting got canceled. Yeah. So I'm, uh, yeah, it's, it's been really intense. So that's a lot. What do you guys think about what I just told you? <laughs> it was a lot of information. It was a lot of information. Yeah, I know. I just um, want to give you guys some time to process it and react. I mean, you know, it's really one of those things. None of your neighbors give a shit. Have you talked to uh, any of them? Some of them do, but it's so hard to like keep people like focused on something, even that's like happening like right next to them. It's incredible. Yeah, that's what I would say is, I mean, uh, I, I guess if it happened to me in my neighborhood, I would be doing the same thing. Like, I applaud your effort. Um, you know, I mean, if at least if something is happening fucking next door to you, you should probably address it. You know, it, it's, you know, just the, the thing to do. Um, but I, I just can't imagine the loneliness of being treated like a fucking kook, you know. Because Dude, it's you, fucking wild, man. you want to be some accountability for all this sewage that got dumped into the fucking wa fresh, the water that we all share, you know? Yeah. And, and so like the Creek is already just totally dead. There's not like any like vegetation in it. And it's just full of these invasive blue catfish already, which people are like catching a bunch of them, but it's just sewage polluted water. And you're catching these invasive catfish, which there's already a catch kill on. Ugh. So, you know, like people are like, yeah, they're delicious. And it's like, that's, oh my God. <laughs> like, like where do you, it's just so much to unpack in that one sentence, you know, like, geez. Oh, yeah, I feel well, for you. Keep fighting the good fight. We appreciate it. Yeah. So I actually have, um, if, if there's some, uh, like drunk or stone street fighters out there who want to make a couple calls, I actually have some numbers. If you want to, one minute. Uh, I have two. I guess um, based on how intoxicated you are, will determine who you call. Yeah, be uh, nice to them when you call too. Yeah, these are these are people's official office lines. I'm not going to give out cell phone numbers. Yeah, I, but, to be um, honest, like I'd like to tell you to to speak your mind, but if you don't say cuss words, it's way more effective because they can't send you to jail. Yes, yes, they can't send so you the, to jail. The, the chief public information officer. If you're just somewhat intoxicated, or well, I guess I guess if you're like, ah. He's, Dude, he's some of the most hardcore head, street so, fighters are completely sober, and they could call in yeah. as well. I Ideology-based people are the most hardcore. So this guy's number is 410-222-4557. His name is Matt Deal. He's the chief public information officer, and he's been lying to me like a bitch. So what do we so, want him to say? What do we want him to ask about? Um, Like, push for a public meeting for a sewage leak in Deal, Maryland. Okay. 1,500 gallons the lie so, got it perfect um and then direct, director chris Spip. i was supposed to have a meeting with him that got canceled his office number is 410-222-7092 all right all right and just one last shout out if you happen to live in annapolis ward six uh there's an election upcoming uh dewan gay is a writing candidate he's very progressive and he's running for alderman so just shout out to him. And he probably and, believes uh, you about yeah, the sewage. Thanks for having me on. Oh, okay. <laughs> thanks for calling. I, we appreciate it. Thanks for calling and listening.
You want to take right, one I'll more? Want to take one more, Brett? I'm feeling I'm on a roll. You're on a roll. I'm on a roll. I mean, if we're filled up, I want to get as many done as we can. You know? A lot of people, the cowards, cut and run. A lot of cowards cut and run. Oh, did they? Yeah, we so lost. How, what like are we three, at? What are, we lost gotta, three or four people. We're down to. You got to hang up on. I know. Us. I know. I'm doing it. <laughs> I can hear that. I'm panicking too. Uh, so we're down. We got seven people in the queue right now. Okay. So I think maybe what, we should knock one more down if we're going to Let's go. knock one more down and then go to break. Cause Brett has to find the behind the scenes. To Brett Charlotte. has to find me something. I also have to talk to my daughter. Answer the call and I'll talk to this person and send me and then come back down and send me the link. Okay. I'm going to. Okay. Hey, you're on. Hey, what's up? Hey, what's up? Hey, you're on street fight. Hey, it's uh, Bardo and Pinko. Hey, I can talk to Bardo and Pinko for forever. Go up there and handle your shit, dude. Okay, what's going on? What, what's going on, y'all? I know we. Uh, I I know I told you to call earlier. I can't believe you waited. Oh uh, yeah, man. It's yeah. I've been I've been meaning to get on like uh, the Street Fight show, Colin show for a while now because. I have like a, I have a bunch of weird stories that this seems like a good outlet for, and <laughs> I also have a plug now. And, uh, so. and I want to yell about Common Core. Yeah. You want to yell about Common Core? Are you really, mad at really Common care. Core? Okay, I was gonna say, don't. No, I'm not really mad at it. I just don't think it does anything, and also Bill Gates paid for it. So. I feel like the math <laughs> stuff is pretty good, though. Like I, 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 I yeah, I teach, I teach history, so I right. know, all the. Standards are super vague. I can like shoehorn anything into those standards. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like I I don't have any way. I just I saw the way my daughter was learning math, and uh, I was so impressed with where she was at you know in fourth grade that, that compared to where I was in college that it was like ah there's something to the, the <laughs> math common because math is the one they complain about too, and the reason they complain about it is because they can't figure it out. You know, a lot of parents. Oh, yeah, are like, I mean, like all my math teacher friends are like, "Well, because you're teaching them like, like how to think about it and solve it, and it, it looks like magic to me. I don't know. It's something that I don't understand." Right, because we were taught. <laughs> right we, we we were taught extremely dumb and wrong. Like the way we were taught was the worst possible way to teach somebody yeah. math. You know. Yeah, memorize this formula but like don't tell me how the formula works or, or memorize i i had to memorize my timetables so i just basically yes. without even knowing why i had to know up to my 12 times tables and it's like so i'm I, okay fine i know all this stuff like i don't know why you know whatever times whatever equals whatever see how bad i am at math i didn't even say numbers yeah i <laughs> But I don't know why those things are like that. I, I just know that that's the number. So like when I saw my kid like was learning algebraic equations in fourth grade, I was just like, okay, well. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. No, I mean, like, I, I don't have, like, a problem with it. I just, I don't think that it is, I don't think that it has done anything that significant to like make every make education like it was sold as like this like it's gonna completely solve all the problems with education and eh. yeah I mean it's I'm sure fine. it's rough for history too <laughs> well it's not because all the standards are just like evaluate bias in the source 
Okay, ah. cool. Well, that's so actually I'm good, though. Conspiracy theories for <laughs> they never taught us how to do that, though. I, I, the way I was taught history was, uh, so George Washington crossed the Delaware, and he beat that guy up, and then some other stuff. Like, I was taught it like everything was fact, and there was no bias. So, that, I mean. Oh, weird. I mean, that screwed up a <laughs> lot of people my Very age, you know. Cool. Like boomers and boomers and Gen X all learn that way. I'm sure Brett learned that way too. What? We were talking about common core history. Pinko snob is on the air. And she said that uh she said that um in history they have you evaluate the bias in a piece of writing. And I was like, That's yeah, see, they I taught like it, it. Yeah, they taught it like a list of facts to us. And that was that. what we knew, <laughs> you know? Like that's why so many people that like like that's why the Trump people all think like the founding fathers were big magic men, because you were basically taught that they were all the like smartest men in the history of the world. And then boom, you're right there. Yeah, you gotta look it up. You you gotta look up you got to look up how we learned it. You got to find a textbook from like 1990 and see the way they were teaching history because it was <laughs> something. I did not like it. That's, so that's you guys, are, I don't want to be that teacher. <laughs> so y'all are raising money for something. You want to? Uh, you want to explain it? Yeah. I'm, so there was um, in February in our community. Uh, an 18-year-old kid who was, um, he was being pursued by police, and he got shot four times. He did, he was not armed. He was unarmed. They keep lying about it, but he was not. Um, he ended up in the hospital for 13 days, going in and out of consciousness. He was shot in the lung. His mom didn't know where he was. Yeah, they wouldn't tell her. They were like, he's a he's an adult, so we don't have to tell you anything about him. But he's like an 18-year-old, and he's a senior in high school. So they're hiding um, her son from her, pretty much. For right. day, imagine like not knowing where your kid Two was. Weeks. For oh, weeks. be the best thing that ever happened to me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> it was just a joke. It was just saying I could use some time <laughs> off. Um, but, so... He's eventually released, and then his little brother, I don't know exactly who's 15. I don't know exactly what happened. Some dumb 15-year-old shit, probably. But he got arrested, and because Yahim, who this 18-year-old, was in the same house as someone who committed this crime, Yahim got sent back to prison where he is now with no consideration that they have like a single mother they're two teenagers they have two other siblings and like they don't have a choice about where they live they're children yeah like um, yeah so now he's i forget what the cash bail is not like one hundred thirty-six thousand dollars cash bail some huge amount i mean like she has to pay a percentage of it and she paid part of it but she can't pay the full thing well no she paid part of it to get him out the last time. Oh, right? that's just smaller. Okay. Um, so, so what they, they have this great lawyer set up who I, I know. Yeah. He does a lot of good work in our area. Um, and, but he needs, he needs 1500 bucks to be a retainer and then everything else, you know, cause he's going to get paid out, um, at the end of this for being shot by police four times. Um, and so all the rest of the costs are not going to be a huge deal, but she's not working a ton because she's 
having meetings with lawyers. She has and two kids going through the court system at this point. Like, um, yeah, she's been up up until now. She's been meeting with public defenders who have just been being like, plea, plea out, plea out. You know, which is not what they want to do. No, they just want to take the easy way out on them. Um, and so yeah, we're trying to raise. $1,500, which is not a tremendous amount of money. It's not money we have. Um, but I know that so feeling. Raised, yeah, yeah, so far we've raised like 250 bucks today, which is great. Um, we, we set up a GoFundMe. We're hoping to raise a little more money because she wants to like do t-shirts and stuff like that. We'll see. But right now, our biggest thing is we want to get this kid out and into summer school, really, because so, he's missed, you know, three, yeah. or four months of school or they whatever. They want him to graduate high school. Um, yeah, right. Which is reasonable, right? And, <laughs> and if we get a, a lawyer, then he could file a motion that this kid should not be in jail with a $136,000 bail on him. Um, so, yeah, anyways, that's our, that's that's, that's our pitch. Um, it's on, it's my pinned tweet. I'm at El Barto Army on Twitter. Um, it's also my pinned tweet at Stinko underscore snob. Yeah. Um, Two great people. But Wonderful. Are you still doing the podcast? Um, I kind of got really busy with school. Uh, so I kind of fell to the wayside, but we're going to pick it back up eventually. They watch yeah. Fast Five. I made them watch Fast Five for their podcast about, uh, <laughs> Fun. <laughs> it's the best. You had a great analysis of that, actually. It's one of my favorite movies ever, still to this day. Yeah, you know, you guys want to hear a funny movie to go see? The new Child's yeah. Play. I'm recommending the new Child's great. Play. It, it is awesome. I, heard, I, I was blown away. I thought it was going to suck. All the, all the remakes of all the 80s horror movies have been terrible, but everyone loved Child's Play. This one was... This movie was 90 minutes, which they don't even make. They don't make 90 minute movies no. anymore. They don't Perfect. ever do it. Perfect. And it's a comedy, which get that is where you understand slasher movies. You know, you know what I mean? So right. like people get killed in funny ways and it's, there's a sense of humor about it through the whole yeah. movie where it's like that. Like, my daughter was totally caught off guard by it because we've only gone and seen, like, scary, like, movies that are supposed to be scary. This was, like, kind of her first slasher. And and it was just, like, that was a lot funnier than, yeah. than I And it was. It was great. It was such a good time and quick. That's what I want. I want 90 minutes. Yeah, that's the Or, or if it's really a significantly beautiful movie, I'll do two hours. But. I know. Everybody uh, wants 90 minutes. The movie, I heard that they don't, I heard there's a, a math reason that they don't make 90 minute movies anymore. It's something about cost. It's like, uh, they, they perceive that people don't want to spend money. The amount of money it takes to go to the movies for a 90 minute movie. This is I can only, I can only not have to go to the bathroom for 90 minutes. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. Well, well, thank y'all for calling. Tell them where to find it again before we go so so people can and donate some money to this. Um, again, I'm I'm at uh, El Barto Army uh, on Twitter. It's my pinned tweet or you could go to uh, 
Uh, it's like GoFundMe.com slash justice for Yahim. It's uh, justice hyphen for hyphen Yahim, which is Y-A-H-I-M. All right. Uh, thank thank yeah. you guys for calling. It's always great to hear from you. Thanks for having us on. Thanks. Yeah, and you don't have to have a Twitter account to view like somebody's pinned tweet or anything. Like you no. can do it from any browser. Yeah. Yeah. If you just go to twitter.com slash Elbarto Army, it will be there uh, right at the top. So you can just do it that way. So our music this week uh, is by the band Gadfly out of Boston from an album called Give Me Enough Rope. They do hardcore. It's some hardcore. First song, Struggle Session, and uh, me and Brett will be back probably in like six to seven minutes, Yeah, I would guess.
Hey everybody, welcome back to Street Fight Radio. It's the call-in show. Sunday night, it's time for Street Fight. 9 p.m. to midnight Eastern Standard Time. We're taking your calls. That number to dial is 614-655-3887. The call queue is almost full, so not tonight, but uh, when we come back from our break. Do you know when that show is going to be? What show? The call-in show, the next call-in oh, show. Oh, it'll be uh, July 21st. We're back. on Our first basement show back will be July 17th. And, uh, again, you will have content through that entire time. You just won't have live, stream. live streaming. But there will be good content. There's very good shows coming up. Absolutely. Um, you can find more of what we do on Patreon.com if you want bonus shows if you want to watch tv with us we do a bonus show called undercover business tyrants we also want what's what was anarcho marriage counseling was the recent one we did marriage wars with uh, john taffer his show we did the fire festival we've done a lot so if if during that july break you want more hit up that patreon there is so much fucking shit in there it's unbelievable uh let's get back on these calls you want to see what they got to say I'm in, man. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, how are you guys doing? It's Ronnie in Kentucky. What's up, Ronnie? How's it going? Hey. Uh, it's going pretty well, man. You caught me as I was hitting a GB, actually. I didn't think I was going to get on so quick. No, you're on now, so you got to go for it. What, what's, uh, what are you calling <laughs> for tonight? Uh, I don't know. I just, I've been listening a long time. And uh, just kind of a redneck, loud toys type guy. I've been listening, you know, since before Brett Weed Charge. And uh, trying to get you guys down here in Nashville out on the boat. Just thinking, uh, what are you guys up? You know, trillbillies and things like that. Let's get, let's smoke some joints and get high on the river. We are trying to get down to Nashville. And it's proving to be very hard, but we're still going to keep trying as hard as we can to get there at the end of July, early August. It's well, hard. It's hard. Cool. Nobody wants to hear from Anarchist Podcast. How many people can fit on your boat? <laughs> uh, seven comfortably. Uh, there's 10 of us. Though. Do like some lap situations. There's going to be 10 of us. I'll on sit on tour. Brian's lap. Yeah. We'll sing. Well, no, we'll just rent. We'll rent a pontoon. It's two hundred twenty-five bucks. Uh, they have a grill out there. We'll go out on the lake and we'll just grill out and smoke joints and have a good time. Well, all I'm saying, we hope we are in Nashville soon, at the end of next month, early August. But it's just it's tough. Every venue is just no, <laughs> no, no. We've been trying for three months oh. now. It's it's the South. It's tough. I mean, it's kind of funny. I called you guys and my lights actually went out. So all my house right now is lit by candlelight. And I was like, what a more street fight moment. The power goes out as I'm calling M for the call-in show. Yeah. You know what I mean? But but the South, it's, uh, it's tough. I've lived down here for a while. And uh, random places in Georgia, now Nashville, I'm moving to Raleigh. And no one, yeah, it'd probably be tough for you boys. Well, it's just, I, I think our audiences will draw. We just did a show in Kentucky that way, way, way sold out. Yeah. So, like, I don't think we're worried about selling tickets. It's the venue owners 
I guess don't they don't believe trust in us. It. Yeah. yeah, they don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. And I, I, I'm going to be honest here too. Uh, the tour we're doing is big, and there's a lot of people on it. There's a lot of moving parts, and the tickets can't be ten dollars. And I think that some yeah. of the venue owners are a little worried about a twenty twenty five dollar ticket. But it's like we like making te- getting ten people two things. It like it, it does the math doesn't work on a ten dollar ticket. Me and Brett want to charge ten dollars for everything all the time. But the thing is, we also want to take our friends on the road. We want to start trying new things where we expose our audience to other people or even like get exposed to another show's audience. And uh Oh yeah. It's very hard. The the venue owners are to afford it. I mean, you have yeah. to pay it costs money. Yeah, and the venue owners are worried about ticket prices and there's nothing we can do to convince them that, you know, we're going to make sure everybody gets in and uh, you know, we have plans for that kind of thing. But uh, you know, what we'll, we'll get out there. It's going to happen. I am still I'm full of faith that it's going to happen. It's just been hard. It's been the hardest tour oh. we've ever booked and we've gone to some pretty big cities. <laughs> Yeah, I believe it. Uh, it's tough. You know, uh, I'm uh, definitely more on the outdoorsy side, but like you get in these political forums on the hunting forums and they're just awful, awful people. <laughs> and so I just worry, you know, about like, you know, you hear about some of the stuff that these people spew and you hear about like 8chan and things like that. And it's like, if you go to a hunting forum in like Ohio or like Georgia, it's just as bad as that kind of stuff so it's just it's really it's really tough to you know see and deal with uh we have a weird we we have the 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 way that things work is that like uh the conservatives are very good at talking to people who hunt you know they're they're i i don't know why they i don't know why they would care uh, the, because the conservatives are also, well, I mean, the way I think about it is the, I used to know this, my father-in-law, right? He was a member of the yeah. Sierra club and a Republican for a number of years. Right. And it's just like, so yeah. you want the environment, you want our nature and natural resources and just nature to go spend time. And you want that to be available but you only vote for people who fucking right. want to privatize it and close it and sell it, it out every time they can. Condos, right. you know. So or like yeah, or like people that protest the pipeline, like oh, let's throw them in jail just because they don't want a pipeline going through like the river that they live off of. You know what I mean? It's right. Absurd. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. It, it, I mean, uh, it, it's such a hard thing to. Uh, it's such a, I mean, we all, it's not, it's boring to say that there are a lot of contradictions, but like with hunters, uh, also I feel like there are probably are a lot of like lefty hunters. I don't think it's, I don't think it's all conservative. Right. But I, I do think that like, you can't blame somebody who, who feels like one side is talking down to them and one side is talking directly to them for liking the side that talks directly to them, even if they're not doing anything. Right. You know, but it, it, I just, I mean, I know that I like it when people talk directly to me when, 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 a if a <laughs> candidate, course. yeah, if a candidate's like, oh man, you know, I, I would have corn play my inauguration. I'd be like, oh, that's tight. You know, it yeah. seems like he really wants me on his side, you know? So, yeah, I I don't yeah. know. I don't it's know how to solve it. <laughs> it. 
it's really unfortunate. You know, it's like I kind of went the path of you, Brian, where it's like you start really conservative, but now you're really left. It's, but now I've gone so left, I'm almost right. You know, I have guns, but it's not like I'm obsessed with them. It's just like the other side is collecting them at such a high rate. Why wouldn't you just have a few? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that is funny because, like, my wife always gets so annoyed when I say, you know, I'd like to have one. She gets mad about it, but I think about it like wow, all the bad guys have them. You know, I feel like we don't want to live in a world where only the bad guys have guns. <laughs> That's not going to end well. But right. also, but here's That's the other side exactly of that. Exactly how I feel. Here's the other side of that, though. Like, what am I really going to do with a gun? I I can't shoot somebody. I'm scared all the time. <laughs> I'm just. It it really isn't probably in my best interest to own one i just don't want to one day be dealing Wish with some like crazy unrest and then being like uh i got but that's the other thing we learned that about the doomsday preppers right it's like most of the doomsday preppers are at no risk of dealing with civil unrest they're not going to be in the city and i do believe that in the cities people will work together because i've seen it happen i've seen storms rip through and tear down trees and i've seen snowstorms come through and bury the city and people are out there working and trying to get it fixed and working together and helping each other out and and the doomsday prepper thing is just i'm gonna have a bunch of stuff and i don't want anybody else to have any of right. it right <laughs> so yeah i'm on it, my own i have my own bunker I'll it's pretend. such a sovereign citizen idea yeah yeah it's just people are gonna want my fucking uh cheesy broccoli in a bucket <laughs> And I ain't giving. I'm gonna have a gun to protect that cheesy broccoli in a bucket. Well, thanks. For, I got a seed cash for ten years. Yeah, I gotta go. All right, thanks for thanks calling, for buddy. Well, we'll see you in Nashville. Yeah, we'll get on a boat with you. Yep, see ya. Don't kill us though. <laughs> don't Titanic <laughs> us. Right? Yeah, I don't want to be Titanic. Please, please don't. If you're a listener out there and you want us on a boat, just don't Titanic us. We're just asking for just that. That's good. Simple enough. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's, that Nashville. Take care of us. We're almost we're so close to done, right? Getting being able to announce this thing. And like Nashville's a pain and whatever in a triangle. I don't know what y'all talk about. This triangle is so great. I can't get a goddamn show there. I can't get a show there. Yeah. We're working on it though. I think we have some good leads and we should have it done soon. I hope. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm having tight... a nervous meltdown too. I've been saying it. Like this is crazy. We gotta get this done. All right, uh, let's see who's on the line here next. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Hey, this is Eric. I'm from Portland. What's How's up, going, Eric? Fellas? How's it going? We want to get. We were just talking yesterday. We really want to get back to Portland because y'all got cheap weed. Oh yeah, that's a good reason to come. Um, <laughs> <laughs> actually, I bought a ticket to your guys' show, but damn, I got so sick I couldn't make it. I feel um, bad for every person that this happens to, and 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 you know every show. There are people that bought tickets and didn't show up. And what I explain, my wife is always like, why wouldn't they show? Because I've never done that in my life. Bought a Brett just recently did it, though. I did. Brett recently bought a ticket to see Coheed and Cambria, Cambria and Mastodon and did not go. So uh, I don't know why. I think it's the weirdest thing I've ever <laughs> heard. But I, he's the weird guy in this show. He's the weirder guy. And we just deal with that out here. But uh, yeah, cool. every show, there are people that don't make it to the show but buy tickets, and we just assume they're trying to donate to us. 
Dude, I'm totally happy to do that, actually. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, th- there's a there's a reason I called tonight, and um, basically, like, okay, I, I, I kind of binge watch your stuff, so I'm a little out of touch with what you might have talked about since. It goes around my commute cycle. And um, you were talking about your problems with your car, and, uh, man, I just, I lived like that for so damn long. You want an update um, on that? I can give an update on that because it's the, it, this might be the weirdest thing in the history of the world. Uh, well, you know, that's cool, but I just want to say one thing real quick. Okay, go ahead. I just hope, this is, my, this is my serious intention of it. I hope it relieves your stress some. Yeah. What, what happened was uh, yeah. I took it to the place and they put oil in it and it started every time since then. I don't, I like, I guess it just wasn't starting because there wasn't enough oil in it. I would have never thought to check it. I had just got an oil change a couple, <laughs> like I got an oil change before we went out to Denver and Arizona and Vegas and stuff, which was just, it was very recent. And I, I don't have any idea. I, I could not tell you how, why it didn't work, but it works every time now. So I kind of got out cheap. They didn't charge me for the uh, car and my insurance covered the tow. So I didn't pay anything for it and, and it's fixed. That's great. Yeah. Then I hope you blow that money on your vacation coming up, man. That Well, I hope to do something. <laughs> I mean, I still work, you know, it's weird. Uh, it, people were like so supportive of me during the car thing where I made a, I said a thing on the show about, uh, I don't want to call it PTSD because I, I, I don't know, you know, the medical terminology and people were like, I think Brian has PTSD from having shitty cars and like no money. And, uh, I'll say this every time I started, I've never been so happy to hear a car start. Like every time it's like, it starts and I'm like, Oh, it started. This is great. We're moving. So I guess it, it's one of those come close to death. And then realize you have to live every moment for today kind of things. Be happy for what you yeah, have. Right. Because sometimes you can turn yeah. that key and it won't, it won't start. start. It's true. I'm, Perspective. I'm just a little bit older than you. And, and what that really means is uh, I didn't have the internet to go on. And so I was trying to read Chilton and call my friends about how to fix my car back in the day. Oh, God. And if I didn't Chilton. get to work, you know, that, that kind of hand of mouth thing where you don't get to work you probably get fired and you need that money for things like rent and everything and it's just to fix the car stressful as hell i mean and and the thing yeah, is I even mean, even if you have vacation time or something like that you're like i don't want to use my vacation time because my car isn't running <laughs> you know yeah yeah well that's the truth yeah there's no and, and i mean you can't you can't really plan for these things really well because you don't really know how much it's going to hit you or when Right. That's why that article that article on Bloomberg made me so crazy because they were just talking about like, well, I mean, I've seen this a lot, but people saying you're so, oh, it's irresponsible not to have five hundred dollars set aside so that for an emergency. And it's like, who in this world? I have never been in. I don't have five hundred dollars right now. Okay, and like when when would I ever be able I can't. I don't know what amount of money that I have to make because I make decent money now. I still don't fucking have $500. I'm never going to have $500. Just sitting that I don't touch. Brett is like looking at me like, well, I have a savings account, so uh, you could probably do it too. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's some behavioral things that, that have to do with your brokenness. I mean, I don't know 
if you could ever keep any money that you have. I love spending any amount. Money. I just love it. I don't think there is an amount because I remember two years ago when we first started like saying this is our job and I said, my man, you know, I bring in $2,000 a month. I'm never going to need another dollar again. Now, yeah. now I'm, I make a thousand more than that. And I'm like, oh, I bring in five, $6,000 a month. I think I can live off that. But I just know what's going to happen is I'm going to spend that money. Too. Yeah. No matter what I make per month, if I started making $10,000 a month, at the end of every month, I would still have fifteen dollars in the asking bank. Asking me for a, a little bit extra from next month. Yeah, another. I would be at fifteen dollars. I don't know where it fucking goes. I think one of the things I do is I buy name brand food. Yeah. Once I start making money, and I think I have, I'm like in a good spot. I'm like, let's just go to the grocery store and just buy all the stuff we ever wanted. You know. <laughs> Why not? You know, it's food. You got to have it to live. Right. Might as well not. Let's enjoy it. <laughs> Let's get some fine Italian meats. You. No, life is sugar. Life should be all well, sugar. As much joy as you can get. I, well, for me, it's been the food carts. Like, I have been to, uh, no exaggeration, well over 50, maybe more like 100 food carts. <laughs> right. Know? I'm doing, you know what I'm doing now that is just horrible, and every day I do it now, and I feel horrible about it? Venti uh cold brew with cream and sugar four dollars and 25 cents a day plus a dollar for a tip (laughs) so 525 every single day yeah i can't spend that money i don't want to but again it's like i have this thing in my mind where I look at it and I'm like, oh, if I'm not drinking a venti cold brew with with cream and mocha every day, then what kind of a life am I even damn living? You know? Okay. This week we did something interesting <laughs> where we went and bought all of our groceries for the week last night. Wow. And now apparently I'm not gonna have to go to the store till Thursday. Okay. That's what I'm hearing. Do you oh. have your dinners planned out? Yes. Wow. Planned. And you have all everything ready. Basically, we made a big salad today. Okay. So tomorrow's plan is wraps. Okay, right? with leftover stuff. With salad. And it makes it, and sense. And then like some minor, like turkey, and then you roll that up. You got yourself a little wrap and some right. french fries, right? Like it. Then we're going to do homemade pizza. Okay. And then on Thursday, leftovers. And then Friday, I figure, I don't know, the show might even pay for because we're doing a live show. It's True. Not, it's going to be like, so Friday, it's like not a big deal. Toss up, right. And then... uh Saturday, Comfest, probably going to eat there or eat something like that. So, like, I feel like I could, like, do this not going to the store for four days thing. Yeah. And for me, that could be a real success. Because here's, I'm going to tell you my finances right now. I probably got $340 in the bank. Next weekend, I want to have $300 in the bank. That's all I want. I get paid, like, a couple days later. I want $300 in the bank. I want to go to ComFest. I want to have a good time. I want my wife to be able to, you know, chug them beers and stuff like that. I want to do mushrooms. I want to have fun. $300 would mean I'm okay. Okay. You know what I mean? And then we get paid and then I can buy my stuff. Okay. Okay. Now, maybe on Wednesday, I'll let you know if I've gone under $300. Because I got about 60, $40 to $60 to play with here. But then I have those recurring payments. I sign up. For so much shit, 
I have YouTube premium now for the shock jock show. I have to have YouTube premium because it's the only way to hear that stuff. I got Spotify. I got Amazon Prime. I got Netflix. I got Hulu. And I got HBO now. I mean, that's just necessities, really. And I mean, how are you going to access the full range of available streaming movies without those? Well, I try to cancel some of the video thing. Like, I tried to cancel Hulu. Because I was like, I don't ever see shit on Hulu. My wife was like, oh, so much great Love, stuff on yeah. Hulu. Hulu's yeah. got the TV the shows. And then I was like, well, we'll cancel Netflix then. She's like, oh, but, you know, I just love Netflix. It's got so much stuff on yep. it. And I'm like, well, let's cancel HBO. Oh, but don't we really like, like, having HBO? It's, like, really convenient. We were watching The Deuce. We can, you know, kind of catch up on stuff. And it's like, is there anything that you can live without? Like, is there anything in this world <laughs> right. that you could? And I'm I'm in the same boat, yeah, too, though. Because I can what cancel I'm, that's New where Japan I'm at. World. That's us and the listeners are wondering. Yeah. I can, like, I can cancel New Japan World, right? Uh-huh. No, I'm not going to do that. G1's to. coming up. I okay. got to do it. I can't do it. So what are you going to do, man? No, there's nothing I can live without. I don't yeah. know how to live without stuff. Right. If I got the money, I got to do it. Well, you got you to have it. Even if I don't have the money, I'll start trying <laughs> to figure make it work. out a way. You got to make it work. Yeah. That's all, you know. <laughs> Someone just well, typed, it, I can't go 15 minutes without wasting a dollar. <laughs> I, me neither. Me neither. You are me. I can't do it, dude. I would be sitting I'm, right now. I'm thinking like, well, well could, you know, how bad would it really hurt if I stopped and got French fries on the way home? Yeah. That's not going to bring down anything. I got five dollars in my pocket. It's really annoying. <laughs> oh, <laughs> don't! I don't want to get rid I of it. I stopped carrying cash, dude. I'm not carrying cash anymore because as soon as I have it on me, I'm like, well, that is spent. I'm gonna just go buy some shit. You know, I'm not even carrying cash anymore because I can't trust myself with it. I don't know how you do anything. Without spending any money. It's impossible. And I walk everywhere. I'm just out there fucking, you know, every store down the street is reaching into my pocket and taking money out of it. I know. As I walk by, it's just hands. They have everything that you've ever wanted right in front of you. And all they want is money for it. That's the victim of capitalism. That is the real thing about. Fucking A right. Yeah, because you always feel like you need to level up. It's like a game where you pass go get paid $5. Yeah. Well, you just want to level up. And. The only way to yeah. level up in this system is with more money. You can't level up with like spiritual enlightenment. No, <laughs> not, no. Doesn't no. vibration feel, doesn't no. work. Yeah, I don't feel leveled up. So like, it's like you can do almost anything you want if you have money. I know that's what I'm saying, and that's the only way I've ever felt leveled up. I've only felt leveled up when I could buy fruity pebbles like on the regular, right? Know? Without looking for a discount yeah. or a coupon. Yeah, or like yeah, when I can buy something at the grocery store that costs more than three dollars, because a lot of times. Almond, dollars is the almond really, butter. How about that almond butter? That six dollars for almond butter. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Love that stuff. Yeah, my wife's talking yeah. about getting a shower I mean, curtain. I'm furious at her. Yeah, I was like egomaniacal when I first came into enough money to like live a bit different and nowhere near rich, but you know because I filled up my cabinets and I had like three types of chocolate and two types of cheese and it was just like. <laughs> You know, I was I was the emperor of a kingdom for about a day. <laughs> My life changed that much. Yeah, you know, I've been so, there, man. I'm making. Uh, I I bought fresh mozzarella to make pizza in a few days. Now, two years ago, it yeah. was like, no, we're getting the white cheese, low fat skin. It just says on the package, white cheese pizza. <laughs> like, that's right. all I can afford right now. So, if, it, if the cheese is eighty eight cents, we can have pizza. That'll work, right? It, now I'm like. 
Get that Tillamook in there, man. Let's get some Tillamook. Let's get some of that Murray's. Let's go over to the Murray's cheese section and get some cheese. I'll have some Kerrygold butter. Some Kerrygold (laughs) brand butter. I'm terrible. I'm the worst yeah. person. Yeah, I mean, you are. I mean, we all enjoy it, you know. Just bad with money. No, you're you're what we want to be. We all really just no, wish we could be you. You don't want to be sitting you around. You just give in to everything. You just give in to everything and don't ask questions. But right? I think like, about Why money. would I not do what makes me the most happiest? Right, but I think about money 24 hours yeah, a day, seven yeah, days a week. Yeah, you do. I don't constantly. know. The, I couldn't go through that foible. I'm on my cell phone looking at the bank app. And on the on the on the calculator, like, ah, oh, man. Well, yeah. If I spend five dollars, I'll have a hundred and eighty dollars left. And you know, you figure, you know, groceries. Right. We can probably get them for seventy dollars if we work real hard and shit. Like, you know what right. I mean? Like, I start just like I do do everything that makes me happy. Right. But I I am like, it's balanced out by like always constantly thinking about my money There's situation. More <laughs> Mo, mo money, mo problems. I think about it. Damn it! I think about it more than I like to, and I really, um, well, uh, I don't know if you don't mind me just being frank. I've never made money like I'm making now, and I, I should be really over worrying about money, but I'm not. No, I don't I'm think anybody does. Yeah, I think it just—it's like I found new ways to spend the damn shit, um, and well, I for... just realized that now I'm in a sense of comfort, right? Uh, I make about. A, I don't know exactly 120, 125 a year. Okay. And I've never been like that. I've been, yeah. I've been like broke as fuck most of my life. But, um, but that said, um, it's like I'm at this stage now where I don't want to complain because there's so many people living like I used to. Right. But at the same time, it's like I know I'm going to work till I die. Yeah. It's just a bit too late. And I'm not going to be able to save up for that kind of a thing. I'm, I'm with you. I'm not trying to say it to complain. I'm just saying that even if I got here, it's like I'm really grateful as shit, but at the same time, the game is still rigged. Yeah. You yeah. Know? I mean, I'm, Maybe, I'm. They'll just eat me a little bit later. I'm doing a you lot. I'm, I'm doing better. Course. I'm doing better than I did as a cable guy at this point, but it, it's still. I, I always make the joke about $200,000. It's like if I can just get my hand on $200,000, I can figure out how to live the rest of my life, but that money isn't there, you know? I'm sixty five thousand dollars in debt, so <laughs> I'm like trying yeah, to figure actually, out that. That's the other thing, though. I, I yeah, I'm about thirty. Yeah, thousand in debt right now. <laughs> so yeah, you're just. It's like I should be getting out of this rapidly. That well, college I mean, thing is is terrible. You yeah, know? I was gonna say also. It I mean, fucking that, sucks. I've actually. I mean, it's really honest. I mean, I've had this similar thing where uh, my wife is a high income earner in her field, and so our my money has been able to really all the money that we make just goes towards paying off the debt that we have. And it's weird. I mean, it's probably not street fight or whatever, but it is really, I think that like when you are young and when you don't have money and you do want a leg up and you do want to go to school and you want to accomplish these things, like you want to pay people back. But for the majority of people, majority of us, it doesn't pan out where you can pay them back. Right. You you know, my wife defaulted on her loans for like a decade and now we have enough money. So, yeah, we are in a higher income earning bracket, but we're also paying $700 a month to student loans. So that eats up a lot of that disposable income that comes with, you know, with the uh, the leg up. And you're totally right about you're, you're totally right about the like uh, I know that when I did my loan papers and I read the counseling and stuff, I was like, yeah, man, I mean. 
you know, if this all goes right, I'm going to get through this and then I'll make enough money to pay this back comfortably and live. And then it didn't happen. Like none, sure. none of that stuff happened. I mean, hopefully every- uh, things, I mean, I'm obviously, I'm, I feel like I'm on the upswing here, but I, I, I think that like, there is something that happens to your mind in your twenties, especially if your whole twenties was spent scamming and, and just trying to figure out how to uh, figuring out how to, I don't know, get your car fixed, how to pay the electric bill. Cause they're about to turn it off and to also live some sort of a, of a fun life in yeah. some way. And like, I think, yeah, well, <laughs> I think that messes you up. I think cause we talked to so many people on this show that are like just messed up from, from like worrying about, and we've talked about this so many times where it's like, when I'm at the restaurant and I order dinner, as soon as I get the check, I check my fucking bank account to see where I'm at. You know, I got a fucking check yesterday, $85 for a dinner, right? I wasn't expecting it. I th- it was a pizza place. I kind of thought like, <laughs> it's $85 is a lot of money for a pizza. You're but, a okay. prince, man. What? the prince no i didn't expect it i wanted something like forty dollars okay i was out to get a forty dollar dinner okay and it cost me 80 and uh it's a misfire i flipped out and then the whole walk that we walked home well we went for a walk for one hour of the walk it was me going like this well i mean we you know we we should be allowed to go out and like have dinner every once in a while you know we earned it we should be able to sit down in a restaurant well, and eat. That's like a, a, a thing about I do life. agree with that. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, it's like, I remember reading something that, it was like in a sociology text, and I, I wish I could cite it for you, but I just remember reading it. And basically, it, there's another effect of this where people get locked out of large parts of society because of the money gap, you know, the money barrier. So it's, it's like there's a whole lot of direct material suffering people have, and that's the most fucked up. You know, if you can't get medical care, you can't get food, you know, we have way too much of that shit. But even beyond that, if you're just locked out of like, oh, great, yeah, there's movies playing and there's fun to be had, but I'm not going to be having it. Yeah. You know, yeah, because, you know, apparently I'm a piece of shit and I don't get to do that. I'm yeah, locked this, out of going you know, to an amusement fun. park. Me as, me as like a robotic person that thinks about things in statistics and math, when I, when I look at like medium family incomes and stuff and you look those numbers up, I feel like that just should explain it to everybody. You know, like every Fuck time. Right. Every time a politician or a grandpa or grandma, whoever is complaining, it's just like, well, half of us are making less than like $50,000 a year. Do you really expect someone to like, you know, make it on that? You know, do you expect someone to, to be to pay all their bills off and go to school and have everything together and have adequate health care and be able to afford shit and a car and like all that? Like no fucking way. Right. Well, yeah, that's the always the interesting thing to me is like it sucks because looking at graphs. Because this show is not like people always talk about how, I mean, I'm, this is just other people like hearing things on this show that they'd never heard anybody talk about it, like about living in, 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 in the world with being broke, not having any money and hustling and things like that. Like we always, I hear that after live shows a lot when I talk to people, oh, you know, it really helped me to hear other people in these situations. And, uh, the, the thing is, you should be able, we should all be able to look at an income dis- distribution chart, a wealth distribution chart, and just, it's there. It's, it's plain. Like right it's in so front plain. of your face. It's, 
there was a great video on that. Dang it, I wish I could remember what that was. But oh, I've seen them all. Like stacks of bills. It's not oh, enough. You know what I'm talking about. It's oh, not yes. enough for people yeah. to fucking understand. There's somebody that has a like, you know, has a three hundred thousand dollar house in Houston, Texas that thinks that you know, that they're going to lose everything. And they haven't even scratched the surface of the wealth of some people. I mean, dude, there's some people, there's people yeah. that I know. You know look, I'll set my, my in-laws live in a goddamn converted uh, modular classroom <laughs> in the middle of Southern Ohio, nowhere. And they think somebody's going to come after their money. And yeah. They don't have any. They're living off of fucking social security <laughs> and an old retirement thing. Right. You know, and one time when I was arguing with him, I was like, he was like, where do we get the money to pay for all these projects you want to do? And I said, you know, Jeff Bezos has a lot of money. He was like, you got to be careful when you start talking about that, because what if they come after you? I was like, they are never going to come after me or you. We will never have the amount of money that we're going to be up against the wall. Yeah. Although I agree with you, I would add that there actually are people coming after our money. It's just they're the people that are the owners of this society. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. And they're going to chisel all of us down. It's like, it's like, this is not a fight you can choose. This is a fight you're in. Another very frustrating thing about that is like people don't, people, you hear it pop up every now and then but how things are more expensive for poor people than they are for rich people right people like it just the perfect example really is like if you live in an inner city poor neighborhood you buy all your groceries from a fucking convenience store or a smaller store whereas if you live in the rich suburb out there and everybody's making a bunch of money they have like a Walmart there and wow. a Target there and a, a a supermarket there that you can afford. Like that's just one small example. Like things are more you want you need a loan. Do you need quick help with money? Well, go to a payday advance place and pay these interest rates while somebody that lives out that has money can get a loan with like barely any with no interest for 60 days and shit like that. It just it we get not we i i hate to say we but but people on the lower end of the scale make they get charged way more for stuff i mean even yeah. just doing this show now i get so much free shit that like i don't even know how like with t-shirts for example like i if i had to buy t-shirts i would be broke you well, know? actually, and that comes down to it was I, this is I was having a conversation with my wife and I'm like, man, I did the math and like that shirt we're selling is like with shipping like 30 some dollars. And for somebody that makes minimum wage in like Ohio, that's 10 percent of their fucking income. And my wife was like, we have to start giving away our money as much as we can like, <laughs> to whoever we can. You know, she you know, but it is and it is, um, you know, it's a matter. I, I have this I have the same the same issues as well um, where, you know, it's like, how much can I complain? Um, You know, what's going, I don't know what, am I culpable now? Like you, you just realize where I can't, like, I remember having almost nothing. And now um, I think I've just hit a point where, you know, like the shit you're talking about, just blowing it on like pizza dinners and stuff. I mean, that's where most of the money goes. Like most people just want to have, like reliable transportation, 
secure household and like regular food. I mean, that's what all I've, I, I don't, we don't need much beyond this. Like I'm, I'm really just happy that I'm paying off my debts. That's what I've accomplished. That's what me and my wife have accomplished at this point is that we pay our debts off and, uh, we have a refrigerator full of food that we can buy whatever we want. But like beyond this, it's like all gravy. I mean, there's just not much else to have. No, there's no reason to have more than one house. You can always pay to go to vacation wherever you want. You know, there's no reason to have more, you know, more vehicles than necessary. It's, you know, it's all a trap, but right. And well, and that's that, that whole thing. That's what I mean by leveling up too, is like, uh, we don't, you don't want sweat. I mean, yeah. yeah. You don't sweat when you do, and, but, you, and, but, and you're in, and we're able to. I'm able to have a richer, fuller life. I mean, we have more access to experiences that are like, you know, I people that are working 40, 50, 60, 90 hours a week, like that, you know, person, like the person earlier was talking about, you know, don't have access to that kind of stuff. You know? Right, and what you said, yeah, I man. think what you said was so important when you said like, all we really want is to be able to go out to dinner, have a house. And uh, just something to watch on the TV, right? And like uh, streaming, um, yeah. Healthcare and a car, transportation. It doesn't even have to be a car. No. A bus stop by my house would make me happy. You yeah. Know? And and like they act like, I mean, when you see conservatives talk about what they think people want, it it that reflects more on them, yeah. than it does what actual people are trying to get. You know, because if I had, if I. $300 of disposable income, right? A month. I'd be totally fucking happy with that. Great. I have $300 that I can spend on anything I want. But there are people that, you know, are shooting for a thousand, ten thousand dollars. You know what I mean? I want to be able to buy a slingshot, one of those slingshots. I'm obsessed with them right now. Yeah. So, but hey, thanks for calling. We got, we got to get the rest of these calls yeah. in. Uh, this is a good call. I want to. I definitely want to head out. I want to take two really fast things. One, I don't know if you guys are not there having problems finding a place to shack up, but if you're ever in Portland and your hotel plans don't work out, I'll help you. Okay. So, not All my right. friend, not their couch. <laughs> so, is it a room? With and the, the second is thing a, is, is it a private room with a bed? <laughs> yeah. I need a place to go it where actually nobody is, else is. <laughs> Well, I mean, there's just a thing. Well, I, yeah, I mean, a lot of people offer places up to you, but I feel like you should only offer if it's like a bed. Yeah. Because we That's get what a, me and Brace oh, talked it's, about. It's a, yeah. Yeah, it's a private room with a bed. That wouldn't be an issue. But uh, I just wanted to, you know, support you in that way if you're having catching hell with that kind of a thing. But if you got your hotel plans, great. I'm yeah. not, you know, it's no big deal. Yeah, we got uh, the best hotel deal ever. We got a family discount, it's super cheap. We stay at a hotel where, like, I can rent fitness equipment and get, like, a guided run in the morning. <laughs> yeah, it works nice. Well, that's way cool. I'm glad you guys got that. And the last thing I'll just quickly fit in is that on the topic of the discussion, I, several years ago I came to the conclusion that this, this capitalist game is so fucked up and sick that I sure I, I don't want to lose because that means you get crushed to the ground, you die, right? Yeah. It's yeah. the capitalist knife at your neck. I don't really want to win. Because what the fuck is winning on top of this system? That, yeah. This is not a game I want to win because what that means is I become everything I hate. You're exploiting. Right? Once so you even, win, you have to exploit. Yeah, even, yeah, that's how the system is made, right? So the only thing left to me is we've got to change the game. And you guys, I think you're doing that, so thank you. All right. Yeah, I mean, um, for me, honestly, uh, 
we need money, like money gets things done. And I'm able to connect with a lot of people and pay them for their time and make sure that they have their, their transportation, their, their food, their security. And, uh, you know, I, I don't, this is not ideal, but I'm just working in the situation that we're in. And I do want to take this thing and make it much bigger and, and ex- spread this mess across the U S in a real way, not just be like a catchphrase. Um, but you know, when you have money, it does get things done. It's the fastest way to get things done, uh, in this world right now. It's power. It is. It absolutely is. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, I want to wield it for good. Yeah. Well, yeah. Good. That's why I want to give you a bit of mine. Yeah. It, have it's good maybe mind. not one of us, any one of us may not be that much, but, uh, Fucking all together. I hope it's enough. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Thank you. For anyway, fellas, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to take too long. No problem. Great that was talking our to fault. You. Later. <laughs> you hit. You hit a, a spot with us. Yeah. Um. Can I tell my story real quick about we got video games? I know we're running minutes. late. Twenty-five minutes. Well, I want to tell the story. Tell it because it totally relates to this. Tell it. Somebody emailed me after you sent that. Uh. After I'm sorry. Someone emailed me after you did the show about the car problems they said that at the beginning of the month they paid all of their bills and their rent and they only had 30 some dollars left over not enough to buy food for the rest of the week uh so they have a nintendo switch and they knew it was worth money but didn't want to sell the nintendo switch because they figured they would never get it back yeah which i know that I mean, yeah. I know that you feeling. Won't. Once you take the once you take it to the store, you're like, I'll get the next video game system for Christmas or something. This one's gone forever, right? So what they did is they took the controllers off the side, the Joy Cons, and they took their like pro controller and they traded those in at GameStop for like thirty dollars cash to buy white bread and fucking cheese. Oh, and Been there. they said they're now staring at this switch that's completely fucking unusable. Yeah. With the, just, just a screen that's plugged in that you can just look at and can't have any access to it. Yeah. Um, which is an awful, miserable fucking story. But it makes me laugh so hard because I do remember those days in my life. There was plenty of times that uh, I had to sell my last, like, you know, uh, honestly, the Church of the Subgenius. Someone gave it to me, the, the guidebook. And it was worth a hundred some dollars on eBay. And it was one of the most prized possessions, but it was just like, I got, I need a hundred fucking dollars right now. I don't need this book. Yeah. This book isn't doing it for me. I need a hundred dollars. So anyways, I did end up, I wrapped up. I don't normally, I try to do like the Jesus thing where like the left hand don't know what the right one does. But I did wrap up one of my switch controllers and mail it to the person. So (laughs) they got taken care of, but I wanted to go even further and, um, you know, I, I, I want to, you know, use this money as power thing and we don't do a lot of Venmo stuff. So the Venmo is kind of segregated from the rest of our money. So if you want to send a switch video game pack, I'm going to try to, to raise some money to buy some games and some more controllers and maybe some groceries for this person. Uh, you can send money to our Venmo. It's at street fight radio, just say Switch or Nintendo or something. I don't know what the money's going for. And then and then I'm going to go send them a care package. So that way um, they have some fucking games to play to, to yeah. deal with the lack of food in their fridge. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I sold so many game systems that uh, were making me there happy. There was so too. much yeah. money, dude. They're just, the one th- they're just the one thing you can always lean on. 
same with like musical instruments, man. Selling like once that musical instrument is your house, it's just like an easy five hundred dollars, you know, yeah. from a pawn shop or whatever it is. Yeah. All right, let's get to the, let's get to these calls. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Hello. Hello. How hey. Hello. Hi. Uh, my name is Michaela Wilson. and I'm calling from Maryland, and I'm actually the primary challenger of Sammy Hoyer. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Thank you for waiting this long. I forgot you were calling in. I'm yeah. so Payne. sorry. Brett Payne. Come on. When people are running for office, <laughs> they get through. On Jeez, the other Louise. I'm so sorry. Oh. It's okay. <laughs> so you're running against Denny Hoyer in uh, Maryland, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. Um, tell us. Uh, I'm, I'm looking up. We're so bad at this stuff, at, at like actual <laughs> politics stuff. Is he one of the more conservative Democrats? Yes, he is a very conservative Democrat. Um, he particularly looks out for corporate interests rather than the interests of people in our district. Uh, he's very against Medicare for all. He will not sponsor the bill. Uh, he, will, he will not sponsor uh, the resolution for the Green New Deal, but he keeps saying that climate, the climate crisis is here and he cares about it so much. But yet Exelon is his top contributor to his campaign financing. Okay. And uh, what, what sort of things are, you, uh, are, are your main platform stuff? Uh, and, and, and for your part of the country, I told you we're very bad at this, but, uh, for what, like, what are some of the things that, that, that you're challenging him on, I guess is the question. Uh, so I'm running on a platform of the Green New Deal, Medicare for all affordable housing, and also, uh, criminal justice reform, uh, because I have had, you know, I do have a criminal background, unfortunately, for things that should not be criminalized, such as driving on suspended license for non-payment of tickets. Uh, I'm running to not only legalize marijuana, but to expunge the records of those who've been convicted, uh, but to reinvest in the communities that the war on drugs has destroyed. And I'm also running to end cash bail and end the predatory prison phone breaks. I'm running to abolish private prisons. And of course, I'm uh, also running to abolish ICE and the death penalty and to dismantle the prison industrial complex. So I so what what initially I guess what was your initial call to make these changes was was it your like run in with the judicial system or was it before that? Uh, it was my life experiences. I mean, I've had experiences with our broken healthcare system uh, to where I was diagnosed with deep vein thrombosis and my insurance did not want to pay for the anticoagulant to stop the clot from going to my lungs and causing a pulmonary embolism and me dying. Um, and then also my experience with the criminal justice system of being incarcerated uh, at seven months pregnant um, and forced to sleep on the top bunk. I was forced to be in segregation on 23 and 1 in a cell for 23 hours a day, uh, mainly because my pregnancy was seen as a medical condition. Okay. Uh, but I just saw that there was a lot of things that needed to change, especially in my district that he's very stagnant on and he doesn't speak on. And I feel like that we needed representation to speak on these issues so it's very important absolutely i, I mean uh, how old are you if you don't mind me asking i'm 28 wow wow that's incredible <laughs> okay uh yeah i mean i was doing almost nothing i mean i was like barely beginning this show at that age um 
Uh, but I can understand how that lived experience would push you in this direction. Um, is, is this something that comes from your family? I mean, did you have like, uh, um, this kind of egalitarian upbringing? Um, so not really like my mom, she's always been very supportive. My family hasn't been like really into politics. I had like maybe one or two aunts that are into politics. Uh, but no, this is solely based on like my personal experiences. Right. Like people like me and other people in the working class are forgotten in these conversations that are happening in the halls of Congress. You know, they don't really think about us when they instill these policies and even when they don't instill uh, these policies, we're not thought about. And it shows every day. I mean, Sandy Hoare has been in office for almost 40 years. This is the 20th wow. term. And people still do not have health care. People still don't have affordable housing. The minimum wage is has not budged in years, probably before I was even born. Uh, and it's just like we need change. And I feel like he's had 40 years to do it almost. So what are you waiting for? Right. And, and so what I mean, what I mean, what has it been like um, working on this campaign? I mean, do you have a lot of experience like with spreadsheets and with doing all of this, like formalities and the bureaucracy of it all? I mean, how, how, how is how does it feel like being one, you know, one of us and, and you know, making a challenge to this old stodgy, you know, bureaucrat? Oh, well, luckily, I do have a background as an administrative assistant, so I have kind of a little bit of leeway as far as spreadsheets and paperwork and, and all that good stuff, but I have an amazing team. Uh, actually, my team actually started out with four students from the University of Maryland, and now we have over 30 volunteer staff members on our team, and more people have been coming out to help, uh, so that part has been fairly easy. We're all learning together. Most of us have never worked on campaigns before, uh, but I will say that the Democratic Party is not making it easy for me to run. Uh, the DCCC has essentially blacklisted any firm vendor or person that works with the primary challenger against an incumbent. Uh -huh. And actually, the other day, I had an elected state official um, just yesterday trying to convince me to drop out of the race. Um, and all of that is not to mention that Sandy Hoyer raises absolutely astronomical amounts of money from the fossil fuel industry, defense contractors, pharmaceutical companies, you know, all of them. So he has no shortage of funds. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that is a huge challenge. Um, are, I mean, are you finding, uh, is, is there a grassroots movement building? I mean, are you seeing responses from people on the ground? Yeah, I most definitely am. I've been getting so much support, um, and not just even from regular, you know, people like constituents. I'm getting support from other progressive candidates. Um, actually, a few of us have actually formed kind of a coalition where we're helping to amplify each other. You know, we reach out to each other. We speak on the phone via message for advice. Uh, we give each other tips, pointers, answer questions, and talk to each other. On to the things that we're going to do, so that's been really helpful for me. Yeah, that's that that's awesome. I mean, I'm I'm really glad, and I mean, you just are so on point. Like, it's just I I, I love the clarity. Um, you know, one thing that you know we begrudgingly don't like uh, elected officials, but uh, at, at least when <laughs> they can speak plainly and say something that makes sense to me, you know, I don't have a problem with it. So I'm, I'm glad you were able to call in and get through. I mean, and hearing like uh, hearing somebody, you know, make getting rid of private prisons and expunging 
the records for for weed and stuff like that that's that's kind of important stuff to me i i like i just I, I always i try to run on the camp i i always think about like how do we get people out of prison like how can we get more people out of prison because there's too many people there and uh so anybody that's willing to because i don't think that's a comfortable thing for some of these older democrats to talk about it, like that yeah. they're not talking about getting people out and they're not they're not really comfortable talking about uh expunging records for people with drug crimes and stuff like that so it's really good to hear that yeah of course i am one of those people who i was arrested for marijuana years ago um, I'm not sure. I never got it expunged off my record, but I mean, I have a security clearance, so that's something that I'm always asked about, uh, you know, about my experience with marijuana. I don't feel like people should be locked up for that. Um, it's just, I mean, it's, I don't think, I think it's crazy for people to be locked up for marijuana. And then not only that, people are locked up for marijuana for years. And then with the cash bail system, you know, you get locked up, you have like a dime bag or something like that. And you're stuck in jail for a year or whenever your state is because you can't afford a three hundred dollar bail. Yeah, all because of like a dime or a nick bag. I mean, that's just crazy. Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, I I uh, got busted for weed in Virginia, but I was coming from D.C. You know where it is completely legal, and then you just cross over the border yeah. and you have these like cops that are hunting for people to pick up and uh, you know make money yeah. off of. Yeah. Well, that's can you? Can you tell people where to find you and where to where to donate to the campaign and especially volunteer? I, I hope if we have listeners in Maryland that they, they got, uh, will volunteer for this because I, I and I also want to we're going to have you on to talk for like at length at some time <laughs> because I want to I want to I, I could sit and talk to you, but we're like we're running up against the end of the exactly. show. But um, yeah. can you tell them where to donate and where to volunteer and where to find your stuff? Or if anyone wants to donate or volunteer, even if you don't live in Maryland, but if you just want to help spread the word, you know, Canvas online or whatever, definitely go to my website, which is www.michaela2020.com. And all of my social media handles, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is at meetmichaela, and my name is spelled M-C-K-A-Y-L-A. All right. Thank you for calling in. And uh, I, I'm going to have Brett get a hold of you. I'm going to make you come on and talk to me like uh, for an hour sometime. <laughs> okay, that's cool. Thank that you. Cool. Thank you for calling. Thanks for having me, guys. Your show is awesome. You guys are hilarious. <laughs> Thank you so much. We appreciate, we appreciate it. it. I mean, Bye. really, any candidate that knows what a Nick bag is is like good for me right i feel like that's someone that i can trust well hey that was that that i mean she said everything i want to hear yeah from everybody and uh i forgot I, I, they sent me the email but i'm not gonna blame them it wasn't their fault or anything it's just i totally i have to get a i have to get a routine together so i remember who's supposed to call in each week so they don't have to listen uh, to dude, our you know how stupid I do shit it? on the line do, yeah i know she just had to sit and listen I to know. me talk about uh, <laughs> i had an 85 dollar dinner and it was, it, was fucking, it was fucking surprising <laughs> well i hope she wasn't on when we were talking earlier about like uh Pebbis stuff, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. I hope she doesn't know our porno habits. Oh, 
God, what a show. What right, a, well, got, she's been, you know. I only got 22% battery left, so let's get some calls in. How many we got it. left? There's three. Three. Let's do this. You think let's you can do it? it? Let's get them. Come on. Hey, what's up? It's Street Fight. Hello? Yeah. Howdy. You're on short time. Hi. You're on short oh, time. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I just have, like, oh, I guess it's a workplace story. Okay. Uh, okay, go for it. Or really just more of a commentary on managerial worker relations and stuff like that. Sweet. Um, you don't so, have to uh, rush that much. We're not like rushing you, but we're like at the end. We're up against the we're okay. up against the time. I won't drag you. Um, <laughs> this is this is Howie from Southern Oregon. You can just call me Howie. What's up, Howie? Um uh so like I work at a uh a, a place that uh accepts donations and then sells them. Okay. Uh, Familiar with those? You can just fill in the name. Uh, oh, okay. And, yeah, uh, I just figured it out. It's like, people, they do that? They accept <laughs> donations and then sell the donation? Yeah, they do. <laughs> uh, but, uh, so, I got a new manager. Uh, like, I started out and I was like, they kind of threw me into it. Like, I don't, you know. Um, and then... Uh, we were just like shift, shifting through managers like crazy. Like this one guy, he was from uh, Tennessee, and he had this terrible oh, accent. Sorry. And uh, and uh, they like didn't know anything about him. Like he like they just shipped him over here, and then like I got to know him, and he was like a stoner and like just super fucked up all the time. All right. It was crazy, and he was like and he was like homeless. But worked at the store? And stuff like that. Yeah, he was okay. a manager. He was my manager. Okay. And he was homeless, and he lived, and he stayed in a shelter that was, like, a block away from uh, the yard where we worked. Okay. Interesting choice. But anyway, he got, yeah, he got fired. Uh, <laughs> uh. And, the, and, yeah, it was crazy. And uh, they brought in this 21-year-old kid, uh is the same age as me, and they made him a manager, like, right out of the gate. Mm. And, uh, he, like, like, uh, he's, like, an okay guy, I guess. Um, and we, like, kind of, like, get along in the sense that, like, we're, like, the same age, so we get a lot of the same shit and, uh, like, shoot the shit sometimes. But there are, like, moments where, like, he, like, feels like he has to be a manager. Okay. And so he, like, rides my ass and, like... <laughs> Just gets really shitty, and he and he like he's just like you know rushing me or telling me to do something, and then like freaking out on me when I don't do something like that. And uh, Gallatin, did we lose him? And uh, oh, I thought you just, oh, I thought you just withered away and died sorry. on us. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. Um, uh, so he was talking to me, and he's just like, he's like, I hate this, like. I hate having to like be a manager and like <laughs> yeah, berate you and like take everything so seriously. Like I don't like the relationship that we have. And I was like, yeah, it, it is really shitty and stuff like that. Right. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if you ever had like an experience where you like like had some sort of solidarity or like you kind of like saw a glimmer of life. No, I'm on your assholes of a, of a manager. No, all mine all were like were abused assholes? the shit out of Damn. their power, and they thought they were like they could just be funny about it and treat us like shit. 
I don't know. I didn't know. I never really yeah. had any manager buddies. I did. I did. I, t- I don't know if I've told the story on the show, but my managers all called me at the cable company one time to hang out. I don't think they thought I was a great worker or anything like that, but they liked hanging out with me. So they would call me. All the hmm. managers would hang out on Friday nights and they would call me to come out. And I was like the only person that wasn't in management, just hanging out with all the managers and the leads. It was very weird. <laughs> this is a weird time of my life. Jeez. But I hated them still. Anyway, I'll say so- that. I went because I, I thought that's what networking was. Well, I used to go when, like, I used to go when I was 16. They would send us to, like, <clears throat> over, I don't know why they let me do this, but when I was 16. I would go overnight to these toy stores in like West Virginia and Indiana and I wouldn't tell on the bosses because they would all get drunk, but they would also give me like a beer or two. And, uh, that, I mean, that was like probably the pretty good relationship we had. Holy fuck. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it was like, yeah. Illegal. That's like pretty serious. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, (laughs) that's like, I don't know. It's just weird. It's like yeah. a totally different world from anything I've ever experienced. Yeah, it was. It was maybe a different time. Yeah, but it was. Uh, it, it, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I don't know why that happened. To be honest, I mean, I got paid a whole bunch of extra money. I like, I begged my parents to let me sign off to go to West Virginia and Indianapolis to like tear down this store That's because so I, crazy. I got paid a whole bunch of extra money. It was over you the were summer. Fifteen. Yeah, I was like sixteen or seven. Yeah, I think I was sixteen when I worked at that. It was definitely sixteen when I worked at the toy store. Yeah. And then the motherfuckers shut down. Da- they shut down on me. It was like such a punch in the gut because I really did love that place, even though I stole horrendously from them. <laughs> but like, oh I, yeah, I show up one day and there is plastic bags taped up over all the windows, and then there's a sign that says "We are closed." Brett, wow, call Herb, which was the manager. Brett, call Herb. So I get to work and I call wow. him. And they're like. Hey man, the store shut down. I was like, yeah, I can fucking tell. <laughs> and he's like, well, no hard feelings or anything. Wow. I was like, you could have let me know. I was like, I need fucking money, dude. Like you could have let me know this was happening. Like if anybody would have just said something, I would have rode this fucking thing out. Why am I just finding out about it right now? And then he's like, I don't know why you're so mad, man. And I was like, oh, fuck you and everybody in there. And I just walked away and never talked to him yeah. again. How long have you worked there? Uh, probably a year. I think I did a year. Like, cause they hired me I, as soon as yeah. I turned six, like I had a job when I was 15 because there was a place that hired people at that. But then as soon as I could get out of it, like I was working in other places. All right. Hey, thanks for calling cool. in. We're yeah. going to get these last two no callers problem. in. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Thank Sorry, you very thanks. much. You guys are great. I never heard that story, Brett. What? The Toy Story story. Oh my god, that, that was the that was it was. I mean, you know what? It was such um, a weird environment because maybe now, if I think back of, about it, I maybe those managers, those managers were probably maybe twenty eight to thirty two. Like they were probably pretty juvenile still yeah. in a way. Like you know, in a way that I was when I was that age. You know, when I didn't have like didn't I don't know. Like they were just. It was a weird fucking environment, very weird, very dysfunctional environment. And uh, I, I don't know. It feels very common, though, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like a lot of people that do service shit, like you just find yourself in a weird fucking place. Yeah. 
with with adults in charge that the boundaries are just not like anything you've ever seen before. Yeah, yeah. That's I like I don't I just don't want my daughter to even have to get a damn job. I know. That's what I'm saying. That's why I don't think that like those people aren't in, they're like, "Ah, oh, you're a fucking, you know, you're working now. You you can have a beer. You're 16, right? You can have a yeah. beer." And it's like, "Uh, uh, I mean, I guess I, I mean, I could at the I time. I want one. I do want one. I handled my shit. It wasn't a problem, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't do that at this age. If I was running a toy store and I was in charge of 16 year olds, I wouldn't give them a fucking beer. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, yeah, I'm, you a, don't want I'm a fucking wimp and I'm not cool like that. Yeah. I yeah, will absolutely. straw purchase black and mild. So, yeah. All right. Let's see who's smokes. on the show. Thanks for calling street fight. Who are we talking to? Hi, am I on? You are on like, on fire um, amazing uh hi this is window from memphis expat in dc right now window from the chat yes oh my god you're a good chatter too like good written word and good with the uh spoken thing too thank you uh so i'm calling to because uh so i'm in dc doing an internship right mm-hmm. uh and I'm supposed to be doing research on a technical thing that I'm writing public policy on. Okay. But my technical thing is looking at the impact of automation on labor, and I'm focusing on how tech can be used to make conditions for workers better. Okay. So uh, one of the people I've been in contact with actually runs a program in Ohio called Ramp. Have you heard of it? Um, Wait, you, you cut out you right when out. you were saying a name. Oh, no. So, uh, so one of the people that I talked to runs a program or school in Ohio called Ram Tech. Have Art, you guys heard of it? Art Bell shit happening I right have now. not heard of Ram Tech. I, I, maybe I've seen it, but folks, I don't think I've heard of it. Folks, please do not drop the live stream. If we are interrupted for the information they're about to share, it's it's from government interruption. It's, it's from go, it's from oh, no. a psyop. Okay, my my ex boyfriend does work of intelligence, so see, be uh, wary. Stay out of our network. <laughs> they're coming for you. Actually, our internet is dying, so it like keeps like uh it, it keeps dropping out. But uh, so uh. Yeah, I think I've seen Ramtech signs, but I don't think I know what they do. (laughs) Ramtech! What do they do? They do automation for your job site. It's Ramtech! Yeah, yeah, that's it. (laughs) Yeah, so so basically they put on like retraining programs for people that like want to get out of dead end jobs that are going to be replaced. Um, that, that's probably mean. I don't want to say dead end jobs, but well, like, so part of like my, so I'm supposed to have like policy prescriptions basically of what I think should be done to make things better. Um, and the whole idea of this is, and it's also something going on in Ohio called Innovate Ohio. Uh, but there, but it's, it's programs of people trying to make sure that like people who are who get replaced whose jobs get replaced by like have some kind of retraining program to get better jobs yeah. and I'm wanting to come up with like a program for this to be on a national level 
So I mean, good something good transferable skills. Uh, something to think about uh, when it comes to automation at the job site is that if you could hook up like an Xbox controller or a PlayStation controller to some of them robots that build shit and just have people run things like that, I mean, they wouldn't have to cheat some shit. Like they'd crazy. be ready to go. People can jump <laughs> on them sticks and really get something done with a robot. Like if you had an exoskeleton that you could run with like a keyboard and mouse. Yeah. Setup, like that would be yeah, the yeah, shit. Yeah. That's what you need. Jason yeah. would do it. The main, the main thing, like with this stuff, is making sure that like automation becomes a collaborative type of work with people, and this kind of leaves like a way for for like conditions to become better for workers. Yeah. So, uh, and and that that kind of starts with unions like being the forefront of conversation for people for like people who are actually doing the jobs to be able to talk about how it's going. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, so what's your focus on? What do what do you, where are you, what are you thinking? What, what sorts of fields? What sorts of fields? No. Uh, yeah. Like what are, are, you, are you saying? Like, uh, like warehouse work that's being kind of, cause like, that's the thing I worry about is like when they start to replace warehouse workers, which is a job that people without a high school diploma yeah. can get and make decent money mm-hmm. with robots. Uh, or like putting them inside like cages that like power the robots. <laughs> like they use their human energy to power a robot. <laughs> and then it's green because it's not derived from any rare earth minerals. It's just human blood that powers the machine. Yes. That's that... what Elon, that's like uh, the Jeff Bezos, Amazon <clears throat> method. Yes. Yes. Oh no. Yes. But but like But uh, if it works, it works. I mean if it's gonna be exosquad and you have to plug into the back of your neck and your car will run, I mean who gives a fuck? Well, I mean you really want I mean if I, I think like for me it's like if we're gonna have to work in order to survive like make money in order to survive, then we do have to figure out how those other people can work. When yeah. their job gets automated, into I think something I think else. the problem is that I mean automation is something that should honestly result in less work. I mean it should be something that should be eliminating time spent. You know, uh, we need less like refrigerator magnets in this world, but we do need like crates of pineapples moved around like every single fucking day. And a robot can accomplish that more than a human being who's going to give up like years off the end of their fucking life to do that. Um, but, you know, what kind of things can you do to for somebody that is, like, put out of a job because of that? You know, because there isn't just some way to break your fucking back to make $10 an hour, you yeah. know? Yeah. And so there's, so there's a big problem with, uh, with truck drivers being replaced by autonomous vehicles right now. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is mainly happening in... Well, it's not mainly happening in Sweden, but there's examples of it happening in Sweden, and the unions are actually coming out saying that they're totally okay with that okay. because they know that these truck drivers have like social security to fall back on, and their kids will be able to college, and like they have these retraining programs put in place, so they'll be okay. Yeah, oh, I yeah. mean, I mean, to be honest, I I don't, you know, in a way. 
I don't give a shit about like maintaining somebody's job to, to make the world better and less dangerous and less toxic and stuff. Like I don't give a fuck about the old way we make light bulbs. Like I don't give a shit if what the old way is like, we need to do the, just the new way of light bulbs and that's it. And like, fuck the old way. Well, but you the know? people that are were and, making the fucking light bulbs right. still need to survive. So yeah. They could make the light bulbs the new way. Maybe you train, the people that were making the light bulbs the old way to make the light bulbs the sure, new way or to sure. give them courses on how to do something else. There's just, but I, I when, do, when a truck driver gets replaced here by a fucking robot truck, there's, there's nothing. I them. just don't, you know, we just, the thing that we lack in America is there's just no big conversation about how we provide for everybody. And it's all just competing little yappity voices that are all ready to cut each other's throat to get their fucking deal, you know? Yeah. I guess. That's how I feel. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's I don't know. It's like, I mean, it's hard to get solidarity. It's hard to get people to think about like, hey, if automation can do work for us, maybe we should pay people that are going to be displaced because of yes. this, you know? I agree. If their rent is only $800 a month, does it fucking matter to pay them a stipend and have, them a, money. and have a robot get the coal or have a robot get Been the fucking that. boxes on Amazon or whatever it is? You yeah, know? Like, I would love that. But you know, that's just, they're not thinking. That's too like, crazy. I, I know. I think I'm, we're outrageous thinkers. The caller is saying is they're not going to fucking do that. Right. You know, they're going to make you work. They want you to fucking They want work. you to be in there side by side looking at it or Yeah. Like I said, I mean, if you can just Xbox controller mm-hmm. is where to where it's at. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think I to be controlled at home from an Xbox controller. Oh, drone shit. That's a- that's really good. Um, God, if people that work in warehouses could work from home, that would be like the greatest new nah. world because they've it's never like, seen in their life. They have never. Uh, when yeah. I worked in a warehouse, I would see people be like, oh, I'm working from home. And I'd be like, God damn, I wish I could work from home. I, <laughs> like it was never a possibility in my mind. It was never like, yeah. oh, maybe I'll get to work from home. You're right. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah. So you know, I, that would be awesome. You could work remote. I feel like that could turn into a really slippery slope by turning those kind of jobs into gig economy jobs, though. Yeah. And that's not fun. Yeah, and you don't want to. I don't want to end up in like a Wally situation where people just like yeah. never leave or anything like that. That's what I'm thinking. And but you're right. Also, I didn't even think is that it becomes like who's willing to do it for the cheapest? Who's a micro money? you know, per usage mm-hmm. of some sort of uh, piece of equipment. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting shit. Well, thanks for calling, Window. Mm-hmm. We got to get this last caller oh, in. So wait, we can, can I say oh, one more thing? No, yeah, yeah go for it. Okay, if you guys are having problems finding finding venues in Nashville, please look at Memphis because we're kind of the better city. <laughs> I do. I like Memphis. We might try to do that. We might have to. Come hang can... out at the Giant Pyramid Bass Pro Shop. We'll, ah. we'll see if we can find a place quickly. If we can't get, figure it out, maybe we will just go there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've only been, I, I stayed there briefly on my move from Dallas to DC and stayed in this big old house for, a, you know, not very much money. And it was pretty cool. I want to go see all the historical stuff out there. I'm totally mm-hmm. a nerd for all the rock and roll shit. And, uh, you know, 
I want to see it. The Lorraine Motel is pretty cool. But, okay, so I'm in D.C. right now, and it's just so weird. Like, all these buildings are so brutalist. And the the government is really weird just staring at me in my face. Yeah, it's imposing. But there is a lot. I mean, there is a lot of really, um, there's some pretty uh, historical, um, like, nightclub scenes and like you know the hardcore mm-hmm. scene and uh there there is a lot of cool places to dig into i yeah. I, I love dc i just went to i just went to this place called rhizome and it's a pretty like a experimental place i guess and i saw some cool some cool so it was three sets it was a drone drone slash ambient set then it was people like just cold calling people in the middle of their set <laughs> get over beeps and boops uh, <laughs> and then the third set was a girl writing poetry that was projected on the and she was just typing it on her oh, computer window i'm so and, jealous oh my gosh so that was cool and then i i'm been check out ben's chili bowl i heard that's a great spot yeah, that's a classic um, one. I never got a chance because I don't do that. I don't eat that stuff. Yeah, and then I'm volunteering with Food Not Bombs next weekend. Nice. So it'll be fun. Yeah, I mean, they have a great um, radical community there. Uh, we were there for the J20, and a lot of people were there. And I know, and there's a lot of history of communal housing there. There's a lot uh, going on in D.C. It's, it's a great fucking city. Cool. Well, thank you guys for having me on. Yes, peace oh, out. Oh, uh, oh, the main the main reason I called was because if anyone who's gone through the Ramtech programs, like if if anyone's gone through the, please let me know and email me like your experiences, or I'll set up a time to call with you. Uh, my email is Jill Jill dot Johnson at IEEE dot org. Okay. All right. I you 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 know what's awesome. You cut out for a second, but then you came back and started it over like you knew you cut out. You are outfoxing the NSA here. Yeah, you've done nice. it. You've done it, Window. <laughs> Have a good night. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. All right, let's get this last one done. And, and, and it's no more call-in shows till the 23rd. Last call for the a while. Hey, how's it going? Hey, what's up, guys? Make it good. Another call from the general area. I'm in Baltimore. What's okay. up? How are you doing today? Love these coastal elites. I'm good. How are you good? I'm okay. You gonna vote for Michaela Wilkes? Uh, 2020. I would if I was in her district. I looked it up, and I'm in. Uh, I'm in Baltimore. She's. It looks like she's around PG or Charles County, so it's kind of different. Well, uh, okay. But I, I don't know if I community too. But okay. it sounds awesome. That yeah, could work. She, she sounds cool as hell to me. Uh, what? Yeah. So what's up? Uh, not much. I, uh, I thought I'd just kind of give you guys a brief snapshot of my experience being a young, like, scrappy graphic designer in Baltimore. Okay. So, uh, I think, uh, yeah, I've, I've had a good time living here. I grew up in Silver Spring, uh, so I was kind of, like, more familiar with the D.C. area. And then moving up here, it's like, I feel like Baltimore is like a little brother city to, like, Philly and D.C., and it's similar in a lot of ways, but maybe like the way things were 20 or so years ago, like in DC, sure. where it's like it's very very segregated in a lot of ways, which sucks. And it, and obviously like a lot of shit's fucked up, but uh, there's a lot of cool art scenes and stuff happening. Right. Um. 
Yeah, uh, but it's been good. There's a really good comedy scene, kind of like burgeoning in the past few years. And uh, and I, I actually met you guys at a show in D.C. a little while ago, um, and uh, I gave you one of my notebooks that I made. I have it it's, sitting uh, on my dresser. I, yeah. That is sitting on my nightstand next to my bed. I yeah. see it every day. Yeah, so that's like that's my side like passion project is making those notebooks. It's called Wonder Books, and yeah, I design one for stand-up comedy, and I make it for like artists, and sometimes I screen print artists work on it and stuff. Uh, I'm just kind of like trying to get that up and running. Um, but yeah, I'm, I struggle with that that question of becoming a small business owner, and like you know that's what I really want. I want that success, but with it, it's like. I would love to be successful and be able to be an, an employer, but in a good way. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm still dealing with that. Yeah. Yeah, it is hard to be. I mean, that's like one of the things is like trying to employ people is is like it sucks because you want to do it earlier than you can afford to do it. And um, I think that is where a lot of people run into problems. It's like. <laughs> yeah. If the job is to, I mean, me and Brett were, were packing those zines and t-shirts and stuff, just me and him. Yeah. Uh, till our for, backs were fucking aching. Yeah. Till our backs hurt for a really long time before we could afford, we started making enough to pay people to do it because it just, it, I mean, I didn't feel right hiring somebody and not paying them anything. Like I felt like I needed, I, I mean, you know, with street fight. It's more of a second job for the, we hire people specifically that have a full time job. So it's more than like a second. It's more of just a second job for them so that they don't depend on us for health care and shit because we don't even have it for ourselves. But like the the instinct with Street Fight very early on was like, God, I wish we could hire somebody to do this or this or this. But we just powered through until we were yeah. making enough to pay them enough money to, to then hire them. I, I mean, that's. That's the best, that, the, 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 I mean, that's how we did it. That's not how, I mean, maybe that's not practical. I, I think there's also a, a possibility at times that that's not practical, I well, guess. Well, I mean, it's a, where things are building. I mean, eventually things boil over to the point where you got enough money to start putting it towards that and uh, you just got to make it work, you know? I mean, you find out. Yeah. You find out whether you can sink or swim. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Uh... There's something to like collaborating with people who have a skill set or something they can offer that that you can sort of trade or like put put parts together. Like one person has a film background and somebody has like a comedy background. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of like collaboration that can be done in a scene like that. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, I try to like make stuff for bands that I like. Like just find something that I'm inspired by and try to like get them to like make a poster just for fun. And just get my stuff out there because I feel like just sort of like acting in goodwill just kind of like gets you to like get more things coming your way. Absolutely does. That's how you uh, you make your own miracle. That really is how you make your. That's the the secret to it is you just have to put out. You know, you have to be doing work uh, to attract it. You have to be um, uh, doing more than just um, expecting somebody to to make things happen for you or to make that connection. You know, you gotta. You know, there's some. I, I mentioned this in one of the um, one of the High Five Fridays is that there's somebody I know that I say is like always doing fifty one percent of the relationship, 
Like whenever we get together, he will bring me like one beer that he thought I would really like, or he'll find like a sticker that he thought was funny and he'll bring it to me. And like, whatever it is, he's just always doing more. I feel like I owe him, but you know, he's not doing it to like sun me or anything or to, to, to make me to, he's just like, just does that as like a, as a, you know, uh, part of his, you know, habit. And he's a really successful guy. And I think that's why, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's always hard to kind of differentiate where some, like, because obviously if you're more privileged, it's easier to get into opportunities that you can kind of attribute to certain things. But I think it, just having goodwill, like, like I said, like kind of gets you, it gives you more of a shot, like at, at making it or whatever, like yeah. with the whole who, you know, um, yeah. And, yeah. I, I mean, and then, uh, you know, I mean, and it comes to like, you know, for some of the younger people out there, I mean, when, you know, some of the connections you make for with when you're 25, the people that, you know, the people that you do favors for the acquaintances you have, you know, five or 10 years later, when they come into their own and have careers and become, you know, fully realized people that have things they can do for you, you know, they're allies and, and can help level you up and boost your situation. Yeah, just how it goes. And I, like I, it, I mean, yeah, like listening to you guys for a while and uh, seeing what like Meme TV is doing, um, where it's you have experience in the the just the corporate world or whatever, and you still have enough of a vision of how things could be outside of that that you can kind of like think creatively enough to to make a a model for something that doesn't exist yet. I just think that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's where we're at. I mean, that's where we're at. We're giving it a shot, uh, doing what we can, you know, and it's all there for the taking. It just takes effort time. You know, it takes like not binging, binge watching something every night of the week. You just got to put your time and effort towards uh rack rad, cool shit. That's outside the mainstream, you know, that, that, that goes beyond, you know, uh, a fucking deal from a major network or requires like a stamp of authority from the people that are in charge of shit. You know, you can bypass it all these days. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I'm still, like I said, I'm just like, I do freelance and stuff and I'm trying to make a living at this, like at these business ventures. And there's something like, it's kind of fun to have fun with it. Like if I have to make a business, what do I want to be putting out into the world? Like, I don't want to just be making stuff just, that's just going to get thrown away or whatever. So I like stuff like notebooks. It's kind of constructive or like makes your life better or it's just something that, you know, somebody put passion into. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's what I like to put out there. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's I mean, that's the thing. You got to just follow that uh, and just don't listen to anybody else that tells you that you shouldn't. I mean, do what feels right for you and make it happen. And uh you know, put good shit into the world. Thanks for calling. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, guys. Have a good night. All right, that is Street Fight for a few weeks now. You're gonna get some. What kind of what kind of shows we got? Ah, uh, we got uh, Gwen and Brett and me. We got our wives on the show. We got uh, uh, Kumar Salahi with me for an hour. We have uh, Leslie Lee, the third with me for an hour. We did a Q&A. And we did a Q&A. And then there will be one more, but I do not know what that's going to be I'm supposed yet. to do it. <laughs> I haven't done it yet. It will be done by the end of this week. Yeah, I can do it. I can do it by the time it's due. 
And that's, uh, you know, that's, thanks for tuning in. Shows. They'll be great. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. Um, we're going to have coming up. We have the sex zine. We have the law zine. We have the alcohol zine. We have a dreams slew and of failures, zines. dreams, failures. So many zines on the way. If you want more content, if you want to give money to us and our organization so that we can keep this thing moving to bigger and better places, head over to patreon.com slash radio. You can do a monthly donation to have uh, access to bonus audio, bonus video, bonus zines, all of it's over there. Uh, and then if you, if not, I mean, you can still sign up. I do the high five Friday thing. It's totally free. If you just sign up for the emails on Patreon. Uh, but that's where a lot of the, the extra stuff is at. Other than that, we're going to keep it rolling with, you know, uh, shows on iTunes and pods snatcher and, you know, being droid or whatever the names of the, the apps you use, um, that I just can't help you with troubleshooting with anymore. Um, we will see you on Wednesday, right? Live, we will one live more show live stream on Wednesday vacation. And then Friday night. Yes. Before we leave. Yes. We are going to walk off stage and we are going to be in, on vacation. But if you're near or around Columbus, Ohio, you want to see us live. You want to hang out with us and party next Friday, the 29th at the short <laughs> North stage, go to store.streetfight.com and buy tickets. I promise we are going to kick ass this Friday coming up June 28th. We are Street Fight. Peace.